Motorcycles and Misfits here at the Recycle Garage in sunny and slightly smoky Santa Cruz, California. Very smoky. Slightly. It's not the marijuana this time. Yeah. But hey, it makes for good sunsets. Boy, boy, the weather has been great today. Oh, fantastic weather. I know people up north are about to get hit with a storm and... We're getting hit with summer. <laughs> I saw the, yeah, the upper Midwest. Uh, some of our friends out there have already seen snow on the ground. So I uh, suspect yeah. we're going to Sorry, get... it sucks to be here. <laughs> but there again, it's fire weather out here, man. It was warm. When I woke yeah. up this morning, it was warm Santa Ana. Have you guys breezes. been getting rain down here? Because I've been getting some in San Jose. Uh, heavy mist. Yeah. Nah, okay. But now we have a shitload of forest that, fire smoke from that somewhere. Was, yeah, it's hot and dry today coming from the north. We should have been riding, but instead we had bikes torn apart. We're going to get fucked in the winter. That's what's going to happen. All the roads are going to decompose. Who's yes. coming to town, Nuck? Huh? Who's coming to town? Your mom. Hey, let's talk about who's, that was an easy out. Let's talk about who's in the studio tonight. Hey, everyone. This is Liza, and I am slightly sweet. Mm, mostly mm. salty. Wow. <laughs> sour. I'm going to go sour. Also in the room tonight, we've got Naked Jim. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Next to that, we've got Knack. Hi. You know, we should. a lot of people misspell your name. We should tell them how to spell no, it. No, okay. no. Spell no, no. P-U-S-S-Y. <laughs> oh, no. That is the formal spelling. <laughs> it's a capital. Yeah, all his friends can call him that one. Yeah. No, it is. That's Mr. Pussy to you. <laughs> that came out of there, right? Meow, meow. On the classy girl couch tonight, we've got Z Traveler. What's up? And her skidlid. Oh, God damn it! Can we not talk about fucking helmets this time? <laughs> Somehow, I don't think we'll yes. be able to Come avoid on, religion it. and politics will be so much more fun. When you are here. Also on the classy girl couch tonight is Miss Emma. The beautiful and one and only. That's true. And that's Miss Best in Show, Emma. Oh, Just rub our faces in it, why don't you? I know. <laughs> We said so many nice things last week. Maybe we shouldn't have said so many. Yeah, you shouldn't have said a so damn much thing. rubbing. Yes. Thank you, guys. And running the board tonight, guess who it is? It's Bagel. Bagel. It's me. The honorable mention. <laughs> With this awesome Vespa that he's working on today. I love that thing. Oh, thank you. It's been places. It has personality. <laughs> and then uh, coming around the corner, special guest tonight, we've got Scott. Hola, from Alameda. Ooh, Alameda. How exotic. There's a lot of intrigue there. The nuclear wrestlers are? (laughs) Exotic Victorian houses and beach. And uh, bringing up the caboose, we've got Kickstand, a.k.a. Mike. (laughs) Why don't we go into why your name is Kickstand? Oh, Oh, no, we'll get there. Oh, Oh, we'll get there. Come on, everyone's dying. You got to save some good stuff. So, um, we've been working on a lot of stuff. There was a... Yaw. The parking lot was full today. Yaw. Oh, yeah. Lots of people. I managed to put my side cases on. Hey, well hey. done. Yeah. Finally. That was all I managed to have the time to do. I will take a little bit of responsibility there because you had to help me so much. I, you know, I did help you. Um, and I helped um, Scott. Not the Scott who's in the room, but another Scott who's been working on his... <laughs> project <laughs> and i would just like to say not careful that z what a pleasure it was working with you who took instruction and followed and did pick stuff up quickly unlike scott who was driving me 
bananas today. Well, you're very welcome. <laughs> and I very much enjoyed learning how to solder. And I have now two lights on my engine guard with a switch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were just went through the like parts buckets and we found two little um, accessory lights. And we found an accessory switch. Just having to pull it out. With highs, Sweet. lows, and strobes. Oh, and, really? Oh, yeah, it's yeah. a fancy switch. Wow. And Z, who didn't know how to wire something up like this, now seems to have a little bit better understanding of... Let me just say that Wiring. fairings can go to hell. They're made by Satan. I have extra screws, and I don't think I'm ever going to figure out where they're supposed to go at this point. Those are the extras. <laughs> but if I can't take them off on purpose, I figure they're not going to fall off. Yeah, the extra screws. When you have extra screws left over, Emma, don't you find it's usually for something really important that can turn out really bad, right? That's yeah. way oh, down. Yeah. I just way know down, when my yes. back tire falls off. And <laughs> 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 for some reason, my axle just falls off. But thank you. You were a pleasure to work with. And thank you for helping today. me. Yeah, no problem. And, um, Nock, you got something done today? I did. It's a, oh, it's the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, uh, yeah, the dog chain on your verses. What? I did an oil change on her verses. Yeah. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, the schedule was to check the coolant, but so it was already uh, full. Yeah. Not the word scheduled, I Schedule. And then, uh, <laughs> we just decided to leave the air filter because it's probably pretty new you didn't look at it did i you? didn't look at it <laughs> but it's got what like you, the bike has less than what five thousand miles on it so um, no, thirteen thousand no, uh, no there is a difference between um it's probably pretty new and i couldn't be asked to take all the bodywork off to look <laughs> at the <laughs> animal it's a combination there is a difference between those two it's a combination of it's fifteen thousand miles kind of new like you know you did get here kind of late too yeah i didn't it's not, <laughs> i'm helping him out a little bit he i'll did say get this late. the uh the bike wheels prodigiously in first year it too 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 much so i found <laughs> when trying to do uh, stoplight racing <laughs> we should take about talk oh. about mike's bike <laughs> i well, love that thing it's it's been well, through hell yeah to be honest scott, scott said though. i should go with the uh the franken bike kind of theme just put mm. some stitches in it yeah <laughs> so yeah let's go ahead and um mike tell us about your bike what is it uh, my bike is a 2005 Suzuki Jixer 1000. Jixer. Mm. Is it a sick Jixer? Yeah, it's a sick Jixer. Sick Jixer. That's, a, that's, the, and, that's, um, one of the, that's the hooligan year Jixer. That's actually the one that's kind of desirable. Is, uh, would you yeah. say that bike is a little squirrely? I'd say that it has personality. <laughs> um, we tried to buff out the uh, the dent in the tank. It, just, it doesn't buff out. For yeah, you kind of got a big dent in that tank. What, was, what happened? I was hoping to use some of Scott's uh, plastic uh, rub stuff to take that uh, that little scarf off you the tank. That. Is, that, is that why I saw the Astro Glide out? <laughs> <laughs> JB Weld introduced him to the wonderful world of plastifics. <laughs> so I don't. I'm honestly on the fence. I don't know what's uglier. That tank or your foot? Ooh. Oh, yeah. We should have to Ouch. take a vote. For so that. Mm. Uh, I made him put his sock back on. Do you ever touch people with it? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> there is a funny She's story about out. that. There's a he charges extra for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My normal rates go up. No, I had a good friend, a uh, younger lady, about 20 years old, named Samantha, and I, uh, I threatened to uh, stump all over her. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, sexy. at first she was intrigued, but then she figured out what I meant. So <laughs> <laughs> tell tell us tell us what happened. Uh, the longer the short story. I'll stick with the Cliff Notes version. So decided to go out for an early ride on I don't know, maybe a Sunday, February of this year and uh, going north on East Twelfth Street in Oakland 
went through an intersection a little fast. I don't know if the light was red. It looked pink to me, <laughs> maybe because of the speed. And uh, I got tagged uh, T-bone in the intersection. Oh, oh, I'm guessing they caught you on the right side. Yeah. Yeah. So they caught me on the right side of the bike uh, coming through. I was going northbound on the uh, East 12th Street. They came through on the intersection of 23rd. And uh, when I was T-boned, it essentially pulped my right foot against the frame of the bike. And uh, everything had to be amputated just below the uh, metatarsals. I'm so glad that it was below the ankle, though. Yeah, well, hence the name kickstand. <laughs> right. It, it kind of resembles that when you put it down, because it's got the little miniature foot on it. Uh, yeah. I have a duck foot on mine. That's so awesome. Yeah, and the funniest thing Does is... Does it sink I, in the mud and shit? <laughs> well, look, if what, you stand too long, do you go through the hot asphalt? Yeah, uh, the, the tough part is that uh, when I swim, I kind of go in circles now. Oh, no. <laughs> well, then... So, did your foot protect the bike from the damage? Thank God. I <laughs> can see that the finish is still pristine. <laughs> and and what kind of boots were you wearing, may I ask? I was wearing steel-toed combat boots. Ooh. Is that... I've heard this said that can be part of the problem. They've they've switched over to making a ceramic toe now because really? the steel toe will essentially collapse and, and chop, chop your, your foot, foot off. off. Yeah, yeah. Chop as, your as off. <laughs> we learned the hard way. So that's what happened because I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. Product testing is uh, yeah very different in real life. That if it was fle- more flexible, that your foot would just get flattened, but with steel toes, it really literally just chops them off. Yeah. The the one part about the accident I find tragically fascinating is most people don't remember after they were hit mm-hmm. well i don't remember before mm-hmm. but i remember every tumble you know asphalt sky things like that mm-hmm. but you know somebody was looking out for me i was wearing all of my gear Good. um hold on oh, God. what kind of helmet were you wearing i was wearing a <laughs> don't give me that it's name a, it's was that a, a full face yeah full face fg17 mm. i can't remember the manufacturer right now but it, it's it's it saved my uh Probably really? saved my brain because I tried to argue it wasn't my fault until I heard my bike had slid close to 600 feet. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a little over the speed limit. Oh, that's like two football fields. <laughs> I think your, your, your math is correct. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's a long way. And you spent about two weeks in the hospital, right? Yeah, yeah, two two uh, two surgeries, uh, plenty of time over at Highland, and then uh, a couple of months off my feet afterwards doing the uh, rehab and wound care. Has it affected your walking at all? Did you have to relearn how to walk, or did you just get back up? The balance is a little different, um, but to be honest, I'm lazy, so I don't walk much anyways. Fair enough. <laughs> um, I like to hop on my bike, which, surprisingly enough, I have back up and running. It's uh, it, she, She's got scars on her now, but she runs like a goddamn champion. She looks worse than my bike. That's a bold statement. <laughs> That's true. That's I, don't, I don't know if I can. Yeah. <laughs> it's still a jixer, bro. Yeah. <laughs> jixer, bro. It truly is a sick jixer. Yeah. Bro. Well, you're right about the years also because I found out the 0506, I believe, were the stupid fast, as I call them. Yeah. It's like 160, 170 right. horsepower. Wow. There's a reason why I don't buy things like that. I'd be dead right now. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the one with, the, with a lot of mid range torque. And it, if you goose it, it's fun, it's fun times. Yeah. Fun times. Well, you yeah. know, j- jigsaws have always been heavy on mid-range. 
compared with if you ride a Jixxer compared with say an R1 or even a ZX10 you know it's amazed how much mid-range the mm-hmm. big Suzuki engines have it's always been a trademark of Suzuki's yeah, it's surprising the engineering's incredible on those bikes and uh, well they've been doing it for such a long time you know um, they're always top three as well just yeah. just this last year with the 18s they compared them all the you know the Jixxer was right up there I think number three it only mm-hmm. slid one place Right. And that's even compared to the BMW RR and all those other bikes. You know, I always, I, I, I'm always the one who sort of goes back to the early days. And I, I remember in the mid-80s when the Jixxer first came out. I was like, mm-hmm. what the hell is this? And then the 1100 came out. It's like, oh, my God. And it was just, a, there was nothing like it. There's nothing even close to it. Well, you were saying that that's, you've got a, a short stroke uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 1100 motor in your bike, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the RF9, yeah, the RF9 is an odd duck. I mean, it was it it really was a part spin special. It was a very very. It's one of those bikes that when it was new, it was very very cheap, because mm-hmm. Suzuki just like okay, we'll use this 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 and this and this, and there's nothing actually special about any of the components. It's really is a part spin so, special. So it's a bit of a parts grab. Yeah, it's it's gonna, a, it, it was a parts grab with odd bodywork on it, like a potluck for a motorcycle. Right. But and it was a very cheap motorcycle. I mm-hmm. mean, I think for like ninety three, it was the cheapest way. If you wanted to go quick, you couldn't do it cheaper than that. But it's become one of those culty bikes that everybody it's, likes. It's like uh, a lot of times, it's just how you put it together. Like right, you, you look at the uh, earlier monsters that basically saved Ducati. They were all parts bin. Oh, in, let me I mean? tell you, the monster Ducati were in so much trouble. If yeah. it wasn't for the monster, <laughs> they wouldn't yeah. be here right now. I, I did appreciate the comment you made when I. Uh, came up next to my bike and you said something along the lines oh finally a proper bike it is a proper bike there you go you know you can see the history on that bike and actually hearing what it's been through and what you've been through with it you know it's um the only disadvantage i can see for you is if you ever get a girlfriend with a foot fetish (laughs) (laughs) she's gonna feel like she's been (laughs) shortchanged or maybe she'll really like it yeah maybe (laughs) oh god i got some odd stories I got some odd stories about the one I'm dating now. fetish. <laughs> Seriously. No, there actually is an amputee fetish out there. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there a Tom Petty song that you don't All have right, to live like an amputee? You guys getting out of control. <laughs> um, I wanted to share. I thought it, we had another um, post-accident kind of fixing the bike up uh, that I thought was pretty cool. So, um, Joe on his Nighthawk 750. Yes! Oh, and he was so... He came back in after Miss Emma helped him fix it, and he was he had this giant smile on his face, and that's like, oh, that is on. the face of happiness. Who helped him fix it? Everyone helped him fix it. I know. Yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just going to shit. Um, so, Joe was a new rider. He got a Nighthawk 750, which mm-hmm. I said, great bike. Perfect it's just bike. a good... Awesome bike. Around the town, commuter bike, and he was commuting on it going over 17, and he started getting... <laughs> too confident it was in perfect and, condition the last time we mm-hmm. saw this thing and he was on highway 17 which is our mountain curvy freeway and he was just going way too fast crazy drivers yeah. passing yeah. a car too fast and then someone else changed lanes or something and he had to lay on the brakes and lost it and he was i think he said he was in a coma for a couple of days right there, oh, was, there, there was quite some some quite substantial brain damage at the time was the uh, medically induced coma right yes or was it yeah I, i'd wow. like to say that that helmet probably saved his life no, I'm sure it did. You can give me that look 
all of my life and it's never going to change my opinion than this. And the bike didn't sustain that much damage from bent bars and the left foot peg was ripped off of the frame. Like, Oof. just gone. Uh, but not that much damage. So he yeah. he brought it in on a truck and uh, he says, it won't do anything. It won't start. It won't do anything. We put a battery tester on and it had like four volts in the battery it's not even volts it's just four yeah and uh he's like should i just go buy another one well just hold on just hold on and uh managed to find one just sitting on a bench somewhere i don't know whose it was but (laughs) it's being used now if you live it had like 11 volts in i'm like ah this should work and uh, we charged it up and i heard it the bike started up perfect yeah for a ride it's only been like two months yeah. But uh, then Emma helped him get it, I guess, safer and welded a bolt on where the foot peg goes. <laughs> <laughs> With the hex head sticking out and all, right? Well, no, because the hex head, when you when you hammer on mm. the rubber tube, which is going to serve as the grip. Oh, that's right. The yeah. hex head's going to hold it on, yeah. you see. Um, and I guess he got to take it for a ride, and he was... He dug it. Oh, dude. So happy. That smile, it, it was pure happiness. I wish I would have had a camera. I was just thinking a couple of weeks ago, didn't you drill a hole into Harrison's shifter and stick a bolt in there for a shifter? No, I, I think Bex did that, but I suggested it. I suggested it. I, okay. I, th- I think it her fix all was a bolt. Yeah, Just exactly. hold it on. It's okay. Yeah, what could yeah. possibly go wrong? Well, you know, <laughs> nine hooks are on bikes because the, the, the footrests directly attached to the frame. Mm-hmm. So if you smash off the footrest, basically the frame's toast. We used to total... Ooh tons of them back in the day because they don't take that much totaling because of that yeah so you got the footrest pulled off well guess what you need a new frame so you do what you gotta have you 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 gotta do and i found this perfect bolt <laughs> perfect <laughs> bolt i thought oh that's gonna fit i actually that found frame. a perfect foot peg but it's too late, oh, too late. Well, that bolt no, on. Too late. <laughs> i was stoked the that bolt the f- goes in yeah it's too cool though to say that i have a bolt for a peg yeah it's it's good that the uh the frame wasn't horribly damaged or twisted you know like it was just yeah it didn't the, the have peg that much those are tough it, right? bikes yeah. i mean that you know they they go forever yeah, they're, they're but, big, burly bikes. But he, he seemed to have gotten the message. He knows. Like, now he's like, I learned my lesson. Don't ride beyond my abilities. Don't Is he going to take a safety course? <clears throat> I'm not sure. Because those are always highly recommended by me. But for everyone, they're fun, and you mm-hmm. always learn something great. But it was a great outcome, and I'm glad that he got that running today. Um, I wanted to get to our our next guest, though, because this is something that's kind of cool, and uh and, and kind of unique i think not just cool it's 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 adorable yes very well mm-hmm. put um and uh they reached out to us and i think oh this is great we know that um for many people that bikers still kind of have a bad image we're still battling it right and what better way to create you know create a better image is to start start kids young right so our guest has found a way to introduce motorcycling to kids and to do it in a, um, a creative way that helps them learn. On the phone, we've got Mark Augustin, who is an author of children's books. Hey, Mark, how are you? Good, Lisa. Lisa, how are you? Great. Hey, Mark. So tell us a little bit about your book. What's it called? Well, you know, we have, we have a first book out. It's called The Adventures of Mimi and Moto, the Motorcycle Monkeys. We self-published it just about uh, two years ago, October of 2016. Uh, my wife, Nancy Gerloff, and I, uh, 
you know, in, in late 2015, uh, basically the story that I tell people is when we were potty training our daughter, who's now four and a half, we were giving her motorcycle magazines to keep her seated on the potty. Uh, we're both we're both AMA members. We'd always get two issues of that magazine, so one issue always got devoted to the bathroom and our daughter Mia. And, you know, she's kind of poking around and eventually, you know, motorcycle, motorcycle. So we're like, okay, cool, let's see if we can find a book. And we got online and looked. So this was at the end of, of 2015. And we found some books, but they were they looked uh, old to us. There was too much text. Uh, you know, we wanted something that was uh, pretty simple um, and kind of decided that uh, – we couldn't find what we wanted, so why don't we make one? Um, we were also cognizant, I think, of the time. You know, I don't think we were just parents wanting to do a kid's book. We really kind of did a little bit of research and looked at the industry at that time. And certainly back in 2015, we were aware that the motorcycle industry was trying to figure out how to develop, create, and foster new riders. Uh, and that's really kind of, I think, why we kind of decided to kind of get into the project and, and create Mimi and Moto and move forward with with the book and trying to build a brand is recognizing that, you know, if you're going to get new riders into the sport, there's only two ways that they, they come about. They either come because you convince an adult to go ahead and scratch that itch, or you try to really foster the interest in the sport uh, with kids. And, um, you know, our elevator pitch to people is we're trying to become the Dr. Seuss of the motorcycle world with more books, merchandise, and animation. You know, the books for us are really kind of the, the genesis of the idea. So, you know, we got started, uh, found a great illustrator in Atlanta, which is where we are from, uh, got the book together and started selling it at the end of October, 2016. And, uh, I think what kind of led to, uh, you know, reaching out to you guys was we, a week ago, last Thursday, we launched a Kickstarter campaign where people can pre-order our second book, which is going to be Mimi and Moto ride the alphabet. And uh, and here we are uh, chatting tonight. That sounds awesome. Just in time for the holidays. You know, we kind of we knew that part of the thinking was, you know, when you're doing something like Mimi and Motor Ride the Alphabet, September is, you know, if there's a month out of the year that people are thinking in terms of school and education and reading and all that kind of stuff. Certainly September for us made sense to uh, to let people start pre-ordering the book through Kickstarter. September was a great time to uh, to go ahead and time it out like that. You know, our plan right now, uh, you know, assuming we can run a successful Kickstarter campaign, would be to try to get Mimi Motor Ride the Alphabet released sometime in the spring of 2019. You know, we're going to need to take some time to get the book illustrated. We're working with a fantastic illustrator. Um, our printing company, once we sort of say go, they'll need about three months to get the book back to us. So that is the plan uh, at the moment. Um, you know, one way or another, we're going to do it. Hopefully, we, we can have a successful Kickstarter campaign, and that's going to kind of get the speed the process along a little bit. Um, if that doesn't work out, you know, we're still going to get this book out one way or another. You know, we're certainly committed to the brand and the idea. And you know, I've gotten enough feedback over the last couple of years from people with what we're doing that, uh, you know, we, we really feel good about trying to carve that niche out in the industry and uh, go forward one way or another. But, you know, certainly we're optimistic about the Kickstarter campaign as much as we can be. And what age range do you, would you say these books are, are perfect for? The first book we did for ages one and up and early readers, and what we mean by that, it's a great picture book for little kids who, you know, they really just want to see images and colors and, and that whole vibe. And then it's also really good for kids that are learning how to read. The second book, Mimi and Motor Ride the Alphabet, we're going for ages three and up. Uh, we found with our daughter, once she turned three, you know, they'll really kind of sit there and, 
to listen a little bit more and, and pay attention. Uh, so with this book, the there certainly is going to be more text than we had in the first book, and the the images, the characters of Mimi and Moto, the bikes are going to be just a bit more detailed. Uh, we certainly we want that to appeal to uh, children that are a little bit older. We also want it's very important for us in the second book. A big goal for us is to get these characters animated uh, at some point, whether that's a series, whether that's a movie. Oh, you know, wow. we'll see what the we'll see where the, what the future sort of holds. But we really wanted people in this next book to see what the characters, you know, kind of bring them one step closer to being animated. Um, there's like yeah. a little more depth. There's a little more. I hesitate to say three dimensional vibe to them, but there's more. It just if you've seen any of our social media, if you've seen the Kickstarter campaign, we've got the first two pages up there, and the illustrator that we're working with has just done a fantastic job of of taking what our vision is of the characters and kind of just moving it along one step and, and bringing it a little bit closer to what they might look like animated. Mark, this is Miss Emma. Um, I I saw. Just what was that page you sent me, Liza? It was just A and B. It's the Kickstarter page. It's yeah. the Kickstarter mm-hmm. page, and the thing that I found most impressive about it—it's very, very charming. But there's a humour in it that almost will appeal to parents as well. If you keep the rest of the book in the same vein as what you sent to us, I—I I can imagine a mom or a dad being very very happy and very amused actually reading it to their children there's there's definitely a humor to it well one thing i think that's cool is there have been um you know books um with motorcycle what's what's the mouse that rode the The mouse and the motorcycle i mean that's a classic but i think in that case it was because it was small and it was cute but what i'm getting is like you guys are real bikers and you're trying to make little bikers right you know we're motorcyclists yeah. Um, you know, one thing, the one thing, if you, uh, I'm not sure if you guys, anybody there has a moment, um, I sent you a, a, the PDF of the first book, you know, we knew going into it that we wanted to be able to, you know, I can go from uh, a biker rally the next day, you know, I, last weekend, you know, I went from a, a biker event in the North Georgia mountains. The next day I'm at the Georgia state motocross championships. Mm-hmm. Um, couple weeks back we were at moto america um at the barber motorsports park out in birmingham you know the characters love all different kinds of motorcycles you know we were asked early on with the first book what are the lessons that we're trying to teach through these characters and we 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 really didn't know we had to kind of come up with an answer but we got asked the question and so what we tell people are these four things one motorcycles are fun number two safety first Number three, girls and boys ride motorcycles. And number four, there are a lot of different kinds of motorcycles. Um, it, it was important. It's just important for us. We're not trying to be uh, just motocross, just road racer, just cafe racer, just biker. We, we want Mimi and Moto, and it has, you know, in the first book and as they will do in the second book, um, they're going to be on all different styles. You know, it just works out like the AB page that we have on a Kickstarter page at the moment um, is very biker oriented because when you sit down and we start trying to kind of, when we were writing this earlier, you know, just certain letters kind of lend themselves to certain biker terms. Um, the CD page, for example, uh, on the C page, we're going to really feature them on cafe racers on the D page. They'll be featured a little bit more with uh, dual sports and dirt bikes. That's cool. Um, we're going to have adventure riders in there. Um, flat track, you know, obviously is really hot these days. So we're going to have a, a, a flat track bike on the F page. So, again, we're really trying to bring in a lot of the different 
segments of the motorcycle community. I think one thing that we have found, which has been a learning process for the last couple of years, is you know the analogy that I use: if the if the motorcycle world, the motorcycle industry is a pizza pie, you know it, it's got it, there's a different slice for each. There's a motocross slice, and then there's the cafe racer slice, the biker mm-hmm. slice, and not only are they different slices, but they are at different tables at the restaurant. So if you want to go and talk to the motocross slice, you got to go sit at their table. If you want to talk to the biker slice, you got to go sit at their table. So um, what slice and, are you? Excuse me? <laughs> They're the pizza well, joint. Wait, how many, how many bikes do you have, Mark? You know, I have gone through, let's see, I started riding uh, in 2000. I was a latecomer. Um, I had always wanted to ride dirt bikes when I was a kid. My parents did not allow me. Um <sighs> Was going to, and actually, to be honest, you know, I, I was in 2003. Um, I was going through the grieving process. I read a book, and the book one line just jumped out. It said, "Go do something you've always wanted to do." And it was just like, "Dang, I know what I, I know what I need to do." And I got my motorcycle license in 2004. Let's see, I started on a funny enough a BMW GS adventure bike, which is silly now because <laughs> wow, wow, that's now, a big adventure bike to start on. That was well stupid, but I was going to get talked out of it. And I always tell people now, buy, you know, as much as you want to see laying on the ground, that's what should be your first bike. Because <laughs> yeah. you're going to do something silly at a slow speed. But I've gone, uh, I put, uh, that was the start. I Then I jumped on a KTM uh, 950 Adventure. I put about 60,000 miles on that. Wow. Went to um, Aprilia Dorsoduro. And then I'm currently riding a Ducati Hyperstrata. Uh, my wife had a BMW G650. Um, and uh, a few years ago, we sold that. Um, she's a little bit more two up with me right now, and obviously having a four and a half year old daughter, um, so she's kind of just biding her time to get back on something. Um, but you know, I, I'm out on dirt bikes, so, you know, when I can go rent them, and, and just love, you know, if it's got two wheels, I, we love it. What kind of bike does your daughter like? Well, let's see. She's got a Strider. She's the, the pink, uh, the, the princess bike. Uh, we removed the uh, training wheels so she can get up and do that. Um, All right. She did start, you know, she just started ballet lessons. And, you know, um, obviously, you know, we're looking forward to her uh, being a motorcycle rider. But, you know, she's her own person, too. So, you know, it, it, it'll come when it needs to come. Uh, I don't push it. You know, uh, our, our one of our guys, Mike, he, he made a chopper Strider. I think a... Cafe Racer Strider needs to be built next. <laughs> we could come out with a whole line, and oh, it can go with the book. <laughs> oh. yeah, if you want your kid to have like scoliosis by five, you give him a Cafe Racer one. <laughs> Franchising a lot of scraped up knees. Yeah. <laughs> so you're raising funds on Kickstarter. Where can people find out more about this? You know, it's real simple. If you go to uh, kickstarter.com, just, uh, and I tested it myself this evening, I logged out, and uh, if you just go to the kickstarter.com website, type in Mimi and Moto. That's M-I-M-I and Moto. Um, our page will come up. Um, you know, we launched uh, a week ago Thursday. We're already up to 30% funded. Uh, we're looking to raise $5,500, so we feel pretty good about uh, the start so far. And, you know, right now it's, it's really just about exposure and getting out there um and letting people know, you know, what we're trying to do, what we've done so far. You know, one of the things that I thought was interesting when we put the Kickstarter campaign together is, you know, certainly there's a lot of campaigns on there where somebody has an idea, they want to get it funded, they put the information up there, and, and they, they see what happens. You know, for us, when we were putting the campaign together, it really felt kind of cool because, you know, it's, we've done it already. You know, yeah. this, is not a, a, this is not a first time. We know how to get it illustrated. We know how to get it printed. You know, we've been really, uh, I think, fortunate so far to have built some 
some really solid relationships. You know, Moto America um, this past year carried the book um, at their merchandise booth, you know, at yeah, all the races, cool. even, nice. even when we weren't there. Uh, the Barber Motorsports Park has it uh, in their gift shop. The AMA Hall of Fame has it in their gift shop. So, you know, I think we're cognizant of, I think we feel really cool, good about the fact that, uh, you know, when you get partners like that uh, being willing to, uh, to bring your book in and make it a part of their world, uh, you know, I think it says, uh, hopefully it says a little bit about what we're trying to achieve. Well, I got good news for you. If you go on a Kickstarter and just type in motorcycle, you are the top search item. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, that's you know, we, 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 had to, we did some thinking about it. I mean, there's a couple different platforms that we, we could have gone with. I think one of the reasons why I went with Kickstarter is kind of for that reason. Um, it is, even though it's sort of the big boy out there, um, you know, there is an opportunity to reach, to reach other people. You know, obviously our, our niche is the motorcycle world. Uh, it, it's people, it's parents, it's millennials, it's grandparents uh, that have little riders around that they want to, uh, you know, continue sharing that, that passion uh, with them. But to hear, when I go back in and tell Nancy that if you just type in the word motorcycle into Kickstarter, ours is the first thing that comes up. Uh, I think she'll be pretty thrilled to hear that. That's great news. So for people who have small children or grandchildren who think that this would be a great gift for them, um, if they go on and uh, contribute to your Kickstarter fund, I'm guessing that some of the rewards include books. What are your rewards? You know, we have, um, we looked at that too. We, I think we, we tried to keep it pretty, uh, limited that, you know, uh, the first reward, uh, where you can get a book is, is $15 plus $3 shipping. And that's one signed book. Um, <laughs> that's and great. Then we've got, we've got we, you know, one of the things, and so it goes 15 and then we have three levels for 25. I think, uh, two copies of the book, um, one book and one t-shirt, um, I forgot what the other 25 was. Uh, actually, one book one book and one old book, because somebody from the U.K. was reaching out to saying, hey, what if I want both books? And we're, we're kind of listening to that the initial feedback and saying, hey, maybe we need to set up a, a different reward. So there's one at 15, three at 25. There's one at, um, let's see, one at 50, and then another one at 100. Uh, and 100 is simply 10 of the books, 10 signed copies of the book. You know, you know for us to have yeah. a successful Kickstarter campaign, um, you know, obviously it'd be cool if somebody, you know, came in there and just donated a whole bunch, but, you know, we're really trying to, um, you know, numbers are going to help us out. The more people that get on there and, uh, and want to go ahead and support us, uh, that's, you know, that's sort of how we kind of developed it. Um, but even with the, our book, you know, the first book, we, we don't sell it for a lot. We've always kind of recognized from the standpoint of building the brand, you know, there's only so much of a margin on kids books, you know, where this really for us turns into, uh, you know, from a business standpoint where the wheels really start to chug, you know, obviously is on the merchandising side of it. And then clearly, uh, you know, from a, uh, uh, whether a series, whether a movie, um, to get these characters animated and brought to life, you know, that's really when, uh, you know, you kind of can kind of spark the, the imagination of kids. And, and it's really, I think what we're trying to do with the brand is to, to really spark their imaginations, uh, you know, Selling kids to motorcycle, selling kids on motorcycles is not difficult. You know, it's, it's very intuitive. <laughs> kids kind of get it. They get, they get it before we get it. We've done some interviews with some kids, and the two words that they always tell us, like say, "Hey, what do you like most about motorcycles?" Like the two words that always come back are, "They're fast," and they talk about the wind. Yeah, you know, they're telling me they, they tell us very they, they they tell me these experiential things, and and they get it. So kids get it. It's not. It's just you know. I think. Um, 
I don't think that, and my, you know, certainly both myself and Nancy, um, you know, the industry from an, uh, you know, from a company to company to company basis, and then industry wide, just needs to do a better job of of getting out there and selling what all you people on your end and on my end we understand. You know, there's just something. There's a reason why motorcyclists wave to each other. We get it. You know, you understand. I, I think that it's really cool what you guys are doing. And especially this is a way that people can share their passion with their kids and grandkids. Yes. Nieces and nephews. And um, I think it's really cool. So I just want to remind everyone, you can go to um, MimiAndMoto.com. Or if you go to Kickstarter, you can find it there. Just type in motorcycle and look for the, the kids' books. And, uh, yeah, get uh, Mimi and Moto Ride the Alphabet. I, I want a Mimi and Moto t-shirt. That sounds awesome. Uh, you know, I tell you what, we, we are, yeah, we're just about ready. It's funny that you bring that up. We're, we do have to do another uh, print of t-shirts, and we've gotten enough requests from people, you know, our current T-shirts come in kid sizes. It's got the logo on the front. On the back, it simply says Future Motorcycle Rider. Um, but Nancy and I have to give some thought to what we put on the back for an adult T-shirt. We have gotten some requests. Mm. For some I'm sure you'll have a, a good time figuring that out. It'll be yeah. a lot of fun. That's a lot cooler than Born Loser. Duly <laughs> <laughs> uh, noted. I will I'll let her know that uh, we need to do the, uh, the adult-sized T-shirts as well. Awesome. Well, I wanted to thank you for coming on and tell us about it. I think it's great. So, yeah, I just want to remind everyone, go to MimiAndMoto.com. And uh, this is what a great way to share this with the kids. Yeah, like I said, uh, I certainly, and just to, you know, right back at you guys, I certainly, you know, it was a, it was a quick Facebook message uh, last week, and I really appreciate, uh, you know, you guys, uh, you know, giving us a little bit of time to, to get on and talk about the Kickstarter campaign and encouraging people to go there and pre-order the next book. So thank you very much for your time. No problem. Thanks for calling in, we, and I will uh, keep track and follow. That sounds great, guys. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. Have a great night. All right, All right show. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, Bye. Thanks, Mark. Bye. That was that was pretty cool, yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah, he's doing a great thing for the community to change the image, the bad images that we have. It, well, no, but I, I think yourself, about sharing with with the kids is pretty. Oh, my cool image too. can't be fixed. What? It, he said, "Speak for yourself." <laughs> my image can't be fixed, but you know the the whole <laughs> subcultures that have been uh, representative of being law breaking or wheelie induced as a whole. Well, <laughs> and and here I can segue into our next topic with this because this is something that's great to share with your kids and get them into riding, and uh, you, you know, ride with your kid is is something that's amazing. And then as soon as they leave and go away to college or the navy, and and you have a spare room. <laughs> now, <laughs> now you Perfect. can build up Good your up. obsession <laughs> and turn it into a shop slash garage J- for Jim's all got your a bikes. Man cave now, yeah. <laughs> dope son. Yeah, I like where your head's at with that. One. <laughs> Jim, how is your? Uh, what are we calling it? The shack, the shed, the what are you calling uh, it? So Jim's far, fuck house. <laughs> no, it's the not fucking motorcycle that. cave. No, it's not. I don't know. It's really went from the, the shack, Jake shack, to, to the shop, I guess. I don't know. I'm sure something will evolve. Jake who? Call it the yeah, Stark Park. <laughs> is this a porn? We call it the Stark Park, because in the backyard we the have Stark a Park. flat track. Oh, did you guys see the video I posted of these two idiots riding in the circles in Jim's backyard? No. No, no I should have. Oh, yeah. It's about as big as this room. It's, yeah. yeah, it's not very big. And knock almost took out the little cherry tree at one point. Oh, no. <laughs> I think oh, the cherry yeah. tree may have took him out, if that yeah. happened. Yeah. I, I have my money on the tree so jim you cleared out this room what is the space of this room because what i want to talk about is for people who want to build that perfect 
shop, shack, shed, garage, whatever we're calling it, that space. The garage mahal is. As <laughs> the garage mahal. Um, you're you're putting putting it together for the first time. Yeah, you know, basically it's a concrete floor. The building itself is nine by about you know, twenty, and uh, but it does have high ceilings, and that's about it. Concrete floor, a little bit of sheetrock and beams, and uh, yeah. So Jake was living there. She's what a couple of weeks into boot camp now, and uh, yeah, and I've been working on converting it to a shop. So it's been interesting. So what have been your big purchases so far? Well, most of the things you suggested weren't them, but, <laughs> <laughs> but one thing we didn't mention last time. A couple of things. One is lighting. Is get the lighting sorted out yeah, first. Right. You know, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to use the stuff I have as much as I can, as opposed to just buying stuff. Yeah, you know, not that I'm opposed to it, but if I have it, and it'll work. Why not? So, okay. lighting was a big one, and I can't. Um, how much the loft has worked out? So I built a loft. Uh, I don't know how big it is. It's not that big, but I did it proper with ledgers and joists and whatnot. Kind of overkill, but the amount of storage you create by building a loft is tremendous. Um, so I was able to use that a lot. So lighting. Put your nudie magazines up there. What's that? Put your nudie <laughs> yeah. magazines up there. Hide them away. No, the sewer drains are the best place for that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, loft was a good addition. Yeah, you so do have the, the loft tall was ceiling. good. So lighting, the loft. Um, and the other thing I mentioned before was the uh, lift table. That is just life-changing. I know. Changing. Knock has lift in me. I do have lift in me. Do you, you even lift, bro? There is lift in me. Don't do, lift, bro. I yeah. do. Lift it a couple of times. Yep. Um, so that was huge. So and then it's been fun because you know Liza's given me advice, uh, Knockbex, other people have like given me some tips, and so it's nice to like sound ideas. But it's nice because I don't do all of it at once. So like you should do this, that, and the other thing. Let's go back to this lift. There's a lot of different options. Um, uh, the shop you work at, what brand lifts do you guys use? Oh gosh, um, they're actually the Detroit lifts. They go. They're probably forty five, fifty years old. Mm. Um, it's it's a pneumatic lift and it's hydraulic as well so it's hydro pneumatic it's a post so i can get it up the the lift goes up to pretty much my waist level but then i like it because i can spin the whole bike around but mm. for somebody with a smaller budget there are some alternatives and jim you found the one of them. perfect lift is exactly the one that jim got and i can't recommend these highly enough to everyone because you can buy them cheaper than the cost of the steel in them yeah i think wow. some i think if you some people use them in sale. their shops so what'd you buy jim well, it's kind of like the motorcycles I buy. I buy what I can afford, not necessarily what I want. And it was a Harbor Freight, uh, the bike one. You know, if you look in a Harbor Freight catalog, it was yeah. about four hundred bucks plus tax. And um, yeah, and it's li- literally life changing. I was, I've been, you know, I've done a bunch of stuff with it so far. But every the easy stuff from brakes and things like there's no more laying on the ground. <laughs> and it's like you can work on your bike comfortably for a couple of hours. Mm. No fatigue, no back stress. It, it, it's very relaxing, actually. So, did yeah, the you, bike Did you use lift. the 20% off coupon? No, no. You could have got it for 320 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then I couldn't have it right now, so impulse uh, buy. But anyway, um, yeah, so I'd say, you know, lighting was a big one. Um, the the lift was a big one. So little by little, I'm kind of collecting things. Well, and you got another thing over in the corner. What's the next biggest thing you bought? Oh, the table? A workbench. Yeah, workbench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, 
I had been kind of keeping an eye out for a used one or something, and I just I'm not that great at measuring and cutting, so I'm not going <laughs> to build one and have it be fucking crooked and shit. So yeah, so I did just go to get a very basic one, but uh, no, it's yeah. good and it's it's metal uh, legs mm-hmm. with a is a wood top, wood top, and I'm mm-hmm. probably gonna more I think about it is I am going to do the door thing. I was thinking about doing maybe like a nice maple sheet on top of it. But the more I think about the doors, it does hold up well. It is a nice thick piece of wood, even though it's kind of pressed. Right. So probably the door is the way to go. That was my suggestion that I've always used is go to the like used um, building material store and buy a door. Like a solid a, a sol- door. Solid door that's flat. And we went and looked at them uh, this weekend, and they were about 60 bucks, yeah, I want to say. Yeah, 60, 70 bucks for a solid one. Yeah. Uh, you could get like plywood instead, some really high-grade fin ply. If you want it for a lot less than that. But well, for, if yeah. you want to get like a nice sheet of maple, it's about the same. But if you want to get something, there, there are there are a lot of options. Yeah. yeah, you see, I differ to this. At work, I like a steel workbench. Yep. Yeah, okay. I have, a, I have a question then because we, yes. we had this discussion mm-hmm. earlier when mm-hmm. we were hanging out, like because me before we think we started racing motorcycles. Um, <laughs> yeah, we were thinking about what is uh, if you do have a wood top, how much of it should be metal? All of it, some of it, a little, well, and then what do you use the metal top for? Well, can you just slap a, a piece of metal on top, like yeah. a thin? Yeah, piece? you can. I mean, my my workbench at work is basically wood construction with a sheet of metal on the top, but so much of what I do is engine building. And if you're building an engine, let's say, I mean, you've got a ZX-10. Right now, I've got a ZX-10 down at work. That's a lot of friggin' bits. And you want to lay them all out on the metal workbench. And the key is keeping everything clean. If I build an engine, I don't want to introduce anything extraneous in there, like dirt Mm -hmm. or other nuts and bolts. If you've just got a piece of steel... It's so easy to keep it clean. Literally, before I'll build an engine, I'll just squirt a bunch of WD-40 over it, wipe it off. It's done. It's ready. And I can lay out all the components on it. But the thing is, it has to be thick enough. If you're yes. using just sheet metal, that'll dent when you drop yeah. stuff down right. on it. Right. It's got to be, be substantial thick. enough like that you've, you've actually got mark. something. Because you don't want stuff mm-hmm. rolling around on it. When you put something down there, you want it to stay exactly where you left it so you know where it is. Because... Don't get me started on my memory. <laughs> <laughs> so what else is on your list, Dad? I know a uh, compressor got thrown out. Yeah, everyone needs a compressor. Yeah, eventually compressor. I think the next the next bigger purchase is going to be a MIG welder. Uh, you know, mm. the shop's got 220 in it, um, and I've got a little bit of room. Can uh, I give you a tip with a MIG welder? You can. Just the tip. The, just the tip. <laughs> Here's one of Emma's top tips. The cheapest MIG welders are the ones, the flux core, but they're shite. So what you do is you buy a flux core one, but you sneakily have a look around the back and see if you can convert it to gas. If you can convert it to gas, and it'll clear, you'll be able to see the fittings for the gas. Buy the flux core, take the flux core wire, throw it away, because it's shite. Buy the solid core wire, and then get a gas bottle with a regulator and put it on the back. And now you've got some real welding. I set myself up that way for about less than 500 bucks. That's not bad. What about a tire changer? Ooh. Oh yeah. yeah, he knows people. Yeah, but you uh, a a you <laughs> need space friend? and b I got knock. So that's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, you know, the, no, but the welding that's a great idea on the welder. Right. Yeah, yeah because if you're migging, yeah. you absolutely need gas. Yeah, you gotta have gas. But the problem is, mix with gas. I mean, usually the seven or eight hundred bucks. 
because the you, now you're in professional territory. Mine, I got this Clark. I mean, it's it's it really is an entry level MIG, but and it was a flux core MIG. But I knew it had a provision for a gas conversion on it. Most of them do. Um, so just that's the that's the easiest way to get in and i got a giant bottle from the local welding place i mean the bottle on mine's like four feet tall it's full-size bottle i get it made with like an argon co2 mix which is perfect for making you just want an inert gas in there and it does beautiful all the welding on mike miranda's chopper i did with my mig right here mm-hmm. by the steps so and and it, we should say you already have your own like tall rolling toolbox. Yeah, that, I mean that's number yeah. one. You already have that. Um, but another thing that I have to have in all of my shops is shelving units. Yeah, because at some point you're dismantling something and you need to be able to set it out in an organized way. And I'm not talking about shelves that's full of stuff. I'm talking ones that you have empty, so you can lay the parts out. And Jim, you you had in your storage shed some of the plastic ones. Yeah, I did. I had some old, just cheap ones um, in a different shed. Pulled them out, cleaned them up, and everything. They they worked out perfectly. They were I mounted fine. Them, mounted them to the wall, <clears throat> and uh, and now I'm taking the Ascot apart. So I got the uh, you know the Ascot 500 FT, and I've been staying up late the last couple of nights getting into it, which has been a lot of fun. And um, um, yeah, so I've got that thing, you know. Fairly well. Emma saw it today. Yeah, you've got that thing stripped down. Here's another brief tip. If you're working on a single project and you want to categorize parts, just go down the local, go down Target, Walmart, whatever you've got, and buy those big Tupperware boxes with the peel-off lids. Mm -hmm. And then put your subsections in there. Okay, I'm going to dismantle the whole of the front brake system. Throw it all in the Tupperware, put the lid on it, put it on a shelf and you know it's not going to deteriorate in any way and everything's in that one box mm-hmm. it's not going to get compromised those things are so cheap they're like five bucks a pop yeah yeah because yeah, i've been doing the whole uh you know i've been using masking tape every wire i take right, right, off right. every fast all that shit and ziplocs and stuff yeah ziploc bags yeah i yeah. even ran through like numbers mm-hmm. sequentially which i thought liza was suggesting so i tried that but yeah actually putting those into tupperware because then you can store it because i do between the loft and the shelving i have existing there's actually more room than i thought i would have but yeah what, what he's describing what i've done before when i've dismantled a bike all the way down when you're you're detaching everything from the wiring harness you know you can sit there and you can write like reg rack or all this stuff left turn signal front instead i just numbered them i put masking tape on both ends of the connector one one Mm -hmm. the next one two two then if you want on a piece of paper you can write what those are but that way when you're putting stuff together you're just matching 53 and 53 together Mm -hmm. well if you know anybody in the uh, aeronautic industry Mm -hmm. mm mm-hmm Do you know how many colored wires there are on an aircraft? One. One. Everything's white. (laughs) And it's numbered. So Mm -hmm. everything is numbered. So little tag on the end. Yeah. So you're following that practice, which is great. So what else does Jim need in in his shop? I've told him all sorts of things he needs. He's not listening to me. (laughs) Which, by the way, Emma, tell me. Get my back on this. So we went to the uh, local restore. They used supplies. And they had two... um, pneumatic air hose reels retractable reels mm. 20 bucks oh i would have i would have 20 bucks yeah, I mean 20, and i'm like 20, 20 bucks. bucks you should get this dude yeah 20 bucks i tell you ex- number one i would have got that Jim. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Told you. Told but you. just because it's only 20 bucks but 
there's two things you're really going to need because you're getting into fabrication you're going to need and they dovetail in with your workbench on one corner of the workbench you're going to need a decent vice <gasps> and when oh. i say a decent vice i don't mean a 20 dollar vice i mean a hundred dollar vice the best vices are not cheap the best mm. vices are the vintage ones mm. which you're talking like two three hundred bucks for right a big well, heavy one unless you find one at a flea market or something right exactly but you want yeah. at least a five inch vice <laughs> the older the better the second which will be on the other side of your workbench or better still if you can kick down for it on a pedestal you want a combination wire wheel and buffing wheel mm-hmm. I said a, that yeah. too and I, like may, a, and I may have one that he can have on a pedestal right with a decent um, one and a half two horsepower motor you know, you know what's surprising you touched on it and it actually makes me sad is the vintage stuff that's cool and you think it'd be cheap is ridiculous like, no because it's so, it's so beautifully made it is you know, but you go to Harbor Freight and literally you could you know a vintage grinder like you're talking about easily 100 100 200 dollars oh yes and, but you go to Harbor Freight and get one for 40 bucks because like, it's a right. substantially different thing but yeah. you know or, the grade of metal they used in this vintage stuff I mean the cast iron they used you simply can't get that grade of cast iron anymore yeah. which is why they're still coveted yeah and and you can and you know you can go to a, like a you know a shop and buy a vintage one for a lot of money or you can just look around at yard sales i mean i found one just like that at a yard sale for i don't know 10 bucks or something yeah yard i think sales. you're right yard yeah. sale and the flea, yeah. estate the flea sales the way to too. Go. i just helped with an estate sale we oh, put yes. all kinds of tools out there yeah. right just so cheap yeah mm-hmm. and usually mm-hmm. people have lots of tools and it's like they just want to get rid of them so they'll yep. even sell you a whole lot for who, who know, called it the bucks. dead man sale earlier <laughs> somebody's like it sounds like scott it is yeah no but i think that i think what we need to do next knock uh is get that berm built up in the back of the yard (laughs) so we can actually really start ripping it out there but you know harbor freight everybody pans harbor freight but if if you haven't got a lot of dough harbor freight's great and to be honest with you for a home shop 99 percent of what they sell is just fine because you're going to use it once you're going to use it twice over its entire lifespan me, I'm building engines, you know, I'm building two or three engines a week. It's not going to cut it for me. This is my living. Mm-hmm. But for a home shop, you know, you, and I, if nothing else, it gives you the opportunity to get the equipment, get it in your workshop with a mind that, well, down the road, if I find that vintage vice, if I find that vintage pedestal, I'll buy it. Yeah, like while I was there, I picked up some um, hex wrenches, you know, the three, uh, three-eighths inch drive hex sock, you know, wrenches. Mm-hmm. And they were like 11 or 12 bucks. And I'm like, screw it, I'll, try, I'll buy those. I really think this is a place, Harbor Freight, this is when you really want to use Harbor Freight, when you want to build up a whole lot of tools for cheap. And I think that their vices are okay because it's a cast crude... Jim, piece of equipment. Jim, your 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 motorcycle bench just went down. It's now two hundred ninety nine. Oh, ninety nine. Um, so we got a Harbor Freight catalog. But we got no, I, know, the Harbor I, I know where I'm going on Monday. But here's the, here's the Harbor Freight catalog. It's his perfect example. There's a five inch vice which swivels, spins, does everything you could possibly want. Is fifty four bucks. 
you can't go wrong and it might not be the best quality but guess what it's going to get you down the road it'll pinch your nuts for you yeah. <laughs> but, but you know but at the not same time I'm you know I'm at a place where I don't just have to buy the cheapest shit I can so that's why I've been keeping an eye out for the vintage stuff because I don't right. mind yeah. paying the premium for that stuff because a it's cool and b like we know it, it works better so I always go for yeah. Craigslist yeah, yeah I'm not yeah I've been looking look, there so look I'm, I'm in no rush to all of a sudden um, outfit yeah, my shit patience. but yeah that's what Perfect. I'm doing is just one thing at a time so it'll come well but, I'll say that the tools for me are the longest relationship I've had mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. true yeah. you know there's something that you build up over years yeah. and years and when you can afford to invest in more that's you yeah, well, yeah that works it's just the forever like progress of getting yeah. more tools well they're like they're like die. motorcycles they have yeah. way more stories than we do they outlive mm. people all the time so every new every new project requires you to go out and buy a new tool so eventually your your tools mm. start getting larger and larger and you didn't have to go out and buy them all but i'm gonna throw knox it. tool's pretty big anyway, yeah but. oh knox got a <laughs> knox got a massive tool you know, i am a tool he he showed it me once and i was frightened <laughs> oh. um, but i am gonna throw an idea at you jim um it's a great idea for any dedicated workshop, and it's something that people don't normally think of. Go to a second-hand store, or even get a new one, get a big floor fan. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Cut a hole in the wall, stick it in the wall. Hmm. So if you're welding, if you're running an exhaust on it, you can that. hit the fan, it's going to blow it straight outside. It's the easiest thing. It's going to be like a giant cat flap with a fan in it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I've put the, those in. Which is also problems. a giant burglar flap. Well, if you if it's got a fan bolted into it, well, he's unless got, the burglar can dismantle it. He's got double. And, he's got double wide doors. He can put it. Yeah, in I know. Way. But you know, in the winter time, you don't often want to open those doors. Well, I know it, it's it California. Gets, it gets hot in there, but anyway, yeah. But you yeah. can you can blast the fan and get all the nasty stuff out because a lot of the stuff you're going to be working with is denser than air, so you don't need it high. You need it low. Mm-hmm. So and just blast that stuff out of there. What else? do you guys think that he needs in building the shop? Jim, have you looked at some of, uh, you know, like your backyard dream garages as kind of a, a place to triage what things you want to put in next? No. No, okay. I'm just winging it. You mean like the big screen TV and a fireplace and an elevator? Yeah, <laughs> you know, for, for a shop. There's a I'm friend thinking... of mine up in Alameda who's got a double garage. It's all decked out. He's got a little block and tackle thing in the ceiling. He's got the lift. See, I the thought bikes. about block and tackle. Got the tire machine. You know, you get a couple of four by fours and a cheap block and tackle. Yeah, yeah, I and like that. Way, that. Yeah, yeah, it helps for storage. You can lift heavy things so it's not going to fall on you. Yeah. No, I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something, something really important, though. <clears throat> yeah. A bar, a beer fridge, and a neon light. Oh, it's yeah. called He's his... <laughs> you guys are all close with the stripper pole. I've already got it figured out. Right? <laughs> yeah. so here, and lots of chairs. Here's a couple things that I told him to put up. One, uh, while he has it still wide open right now, put a shelf around the top of it of the whole room like the whole thing mm. just to put mm. helmets cool and trophies yep. and cool stuff you want to have a place to just to put the things because you always want to have things you see but the second thing um i always use i always look up for storage so putting big bicycle hooks or maybe even some um like plumbing pipe pipe mm-hmm. you know that yeah. you can just hook stuff to yeah um it's really good way to get things just hanging and put stuff up oh and he needs mm-hmm. more license plates on the wall too oh i have some uh, okay. i have some <laughs> you know think, what was you know what was really nice about it though it was um because like i said i've been kind of up the wee hours of the morning last few nights a building stuff and then um you know wrenching on the bike and uh but it was a lot of fun yesterday when you and not came over and we were hanging out chatting mm-hmm. and next thing you know I, well, I think you took out the 125 all of a sudden for some yeah, reason yeah it just i uh yeah and i'm <gasps> like, like hey, let's oh. turn that oh, thing on jim <laughs> i know what you absolutely need and i think this is must have for a every jump, shop a jump oh not a jump a dildo <laughs> a mini fridge 
Mm-hmm. I said beer fridge. We Same covered thing. that. Yeah, beer uh, fridge. So dude, you should have all of yes. your friends give yeah. you one thing for there, and whatever they give you, you have to leave it in there. <laughs> you don't no, know my friends very well. No, no, I probably do know your friends. That's why I'm suggesting this. Yeah, it'll be full of dildos. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> There's one out in our shop. Come on. I've been to a lot of meetings at my buddy's garage shop up in Alameda, and it's perfect for it. He's yeah. got the chairs. He's got the beer fridge. Yep, yeah, beer fridge. I think that's the next possibly thing. Possibly next. Well, I'm not drinking a lot of beer, but I'm sure we can find. But some. still, it's a put your top of tea It's on. a fun place to come hang out. I had fun too hanging out. That's why I'm like, hey, not nah, come over. We're gonna, I'm gonna go over to Jim's and hang out in the shop. Well, plus you're gonna stay. And in the you know shop. what? You know what? Knox said. Jim who? Jim Cycles? Jim Cycles? That's how I like it. No. Naked Jim, he's got a shop now. No shit? All right, I'll come over. (laughs) Some really beat up chairs for everyone. Yeah, yeah, super comfy. That looks horrible. But, but it know, was nice because we bullshitted for a while, and then we looked at the Ascot, and everybody had some opinions there, and then we, yeah, <laughs> raced the motorcycles in a circle in the backyard. And it was. But a, yeah, you know, yeah. when the weather's nice, I could really see that being as a destination because you got those beautiful double doors. You can kind of sit out in the garden. You can I'd like shoot to see the shit in the workshop. It's yeah. it's an it's a really nice working area. It's got a really nice vibe to it. Yeah, you're gonna do some good work in there. Well, I think let's just yeah go through that. Um, uh, Emma, uh, Harbor Freight <coughs> compressor, okay? Or because I went Craftsman because I wanted something that would last. Forever. I tell you, I got a screaming deal, and it was years ago. I got mine actually from Cragen. Hmm. I yeah. don't even think Cragens exist now. I think they're called o- O'Reilly's. Is it? Yeah, right. I've never heard of them. Um, it's just an auto parts store like an Apple, mm-hmm. and they had this big compressor. Um, mine stands like four feet tall, big tank. Um, I paid a couple of hundred bucks for it. I'm waiting for mine to explode one day because about every, I don't know, every five years I drain the bowl, the, oh, bo- the water. Right. Oh, no. And there's so much water in there. How much rest is in the water? I, I don't <laughs> but know. you know, we. It, but, dec- it, but it still works every mm. time. Decent compressors are expensive. We, we just had to buy a new one from the shop. And that was an Ingersoll. That was like three grand. Ooh. So for at home, like what kind of capacity, what kind of PSI, what kind of horsepower? Uh, you probably want uh, 27 gallons, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, I mean, he could get one the size of like a, a propane canister, one of those smaller ones. Yeah. You I know, mean, you're, you're going to be using it for, you're not using, are you using pneumatic tools of any kind? Well, what if, I, what if I wanted to uh, take a chain off, right? And I was using you, a, a pneumatic grinder to, to grind off. I've to got, so have a mine's like, bigger. mine's bigger. what's called a six on 27, which is six horsepower motor on a 27 gallon tank. And it, it works great. And I, I paint with it as well. I, I don't know how many gallons mine is, but it's about four feet tall. Yeah, it's probably about the same. Twenty gallon. Yeah, yeah. mine's Something a little small. Like I paint through thing. with mine too, but it it starts to go a little thirsty on air. Then, yeah, and, and I found that using mine for pneumatic tools like grinders and sanders, it was just uh, I couldn't keep up with them. Right, even that's though what, it seems like a large but one. Because I mean, what, what you're going to find with with Harbor Freight, a lot with the, the same with all the cheaper ones the tanks are fine but what's going to go out is the compressor and if the compressor goes out or the motor on the compressor goes out can you get the parts to fix Mm -hmm. it let me say something in defense of craftsman if you buy a craftsman anything if you want the slightest screw clip plastic piece they've got it well for now for now, I mean, I don't no. know how long they're going to no. be around, but you know, exactly. the, the my suspicion is even if Sears go down the toilet, 
Craftsman may keep going as an autonomous brand. There's a lot of love for Craftsman in this country. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. why I went with Craftsman, because they last 30, 40, 50 years. Well, guess what? They I last mean, forever. Snap-on has got a lifetime guarantee. Mm-hmm. Snap-on also costs you a long well, leg. Yeah. Well, guess what? Craftsman has a lifetime guarantee. Right. right. No okay. difference. So yeah. so I have kind of a question. So I don't I don't mind being patient because like the, the tools I buy now are the ones I'm going to buy for the rest of my life. Right, 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 right. So I don't mind being patient or dropping some dough on them. But torque wrenches, right? I have a, this oh, fascination yeah, with torque, torque wrenches. Okay. Here and like, I can't, tr- like if, if I you need tire pressure, I need two gauges because I just can't trust the one. You, you, okay, <laughs> right? you but need I, two. So what's the deal with a good... You, you actually need two torque wrenches and what when to keep the other one honest yeah right <laughs> <laughs> the thing is one day one to always have after the other one's been borrowed by your friends oh, yeah. so the thing is ranges. the thing is with torque wrenches is the greater the range the less accurate it becomes mm-hmm. so the ideal is you have a tiny, tiny little torque wrench which measures in inch pounds. So when you, how does is it digital? Is it a no? I, I prefer the click. The click one. Okay. Yeah. I prefer the click. I one. love that click. Okay. What no. do, is there, is there He's like, got his sights on something better. Is there than a, is there a manufacturer Mount. that you go to? Mount. M O U N T Z. M O U N T Z. But Mount. tell tell her about the one that R one Rich has. Because you were, you were. So, yeah, this is what, mm-hmm. what fucked me up. Two things, actually. One is I've, you know, in the old uh, Honda, that 83XR350R, I've broken a bolt with a torque wrench. Right, right, right. Like, oh, rad, I'm doing everything right, and I just broke a fucking engine bolt. <laughs> so that messed with me. Then the other thing is um, I went to Rich's, R1 Rich's, and I was working on, we were doing sprockets and yeah, chain yeah. stuff over there, and he had a snap-on digital torque wrench that when you got close, it started to vibrate. And right, then, like, yeah. And other I noises. Mean, and, but I was like, <laughs> I felt pretty well, confident in that. And then when it, when it got to the mark, did it cut uh, your balls? It. No, that was. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even say I cut my own because I was very excited between that and the lift. Yeah. Here's another thing. Too. And that's a wonderful torque wrench, but that is a torque wrench for a guy who's snipping down his taxes by using his tools as a tax break. If you get a good quality, a really good quality, and I mean, I stand by Mount stuff. It's amazing. Um, that clicks. And the the point I was trying to make with the two, so you have the teeny tiny one, and that's going to be for your all these your five millimeter and your six millimeter bolts and the the little stuff, and then you have one that goes from like twenty to a hundred. That's going to do everything else on the bike. Okay, so to so to go the opposite end of the spectrum, to what extent could I use an impact? driver in general i'm not saying all the time and i appreciate it what kind but do you you want the official line line? you got three different types wait 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 wait, wait, hold on a second before we go pack past this and regarding the torque and the bolts just because you have a really nice torque wrench it doesn't mean that you the bolt is damaged somehow so no that's true so it's part of it is understanding that fasteners do get damaged in removal and installation fasteners do get damaged in removal but the official line and this dovetails into the torque wrench every uh, into the impact wrench every single nut bolt screw on your bike on everyone's bike has a torque figure yeah every single one including the rear wheel axle it's not just ft everything has the correct torque now if you're using an impact wrench to do it up 
you're not doing it to the correct torque. Right. That I get. And let's just say, if I, what if I wanted to do it when I'm stripping the bike down? See, I'm taking this. That's you, okay. No, you need to have. So I've got three. So I've got my small little drill driver that is, you know, it's an impact, right? Mm-hmm. For just driving small stuff. And I'm talking stuff. electric cordless. Right. But right, then right. I also have my corded big half inch drive because to get clutch baskets off stuff right. like that you need to have you that. need to have that speed you gotta, you gotta have, have it. the speed and then i have a pneumatic one that i never use right <laughs> at, at work mine's pneumatic because i've got unlimited mm-hmm. air at work um and that's for the clutch baskets but that's pretty much the only thing i use it for if i'm undoing seized up axles i've got a breaker bar and a busted fork leg my favorite tool. Yeah, well, it's funny. I was just curious because I don't really necessarily want to do that. Um, but as I was taking things apart uh, last night and this morning, it, it's like Zen-like when you're using yeah. hand tools and doing things. It's you really kind of I don't know. Like, for some reason, you get to understand things. It's a lot laying. Better. Let me tell you right now, it's laying your hands on the fucking bike, mm-hmm. and that's it, it's like a drug for me. And it still is forty-one years, and it's still when I lay my hands on a bike. It's like, I love it. Abs- mm. Well, you know, you know what my behavior is like with bikes. Oh yeah. You know, the there are thing t-shirts I learned, to prove it. Yeah. I, I sprayed the shit out of a bunch of stuff with penetrating oil the night before. That seemed to work. Oh, oh yeah. can we talk about penetrating oil <laughs> again? Oh. We were talking about that. Oh wait, because <laughs> there, there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about penetrating oil and what's good and what isn't good. There is actually only one brand of penetrating oil that is any good. Astroglide? G- it's no. called PB Blaster. No, no, that's P- penetration PB Blaster. It, no, it's it's actually called Aerocroil. <laughs> and it's oh, about yes. 30 bucks for a can. That's in the orange can, isn't it? It is in the orange yeah, can. Yeah, I worked at Chevron, and that's all I would use. <sighs> Good Lord. Every time. But it, it really, it's not crushingly expensive. But a little goes a long way. And you got to loosen your nuts. You say, hey, we should get some endorsement for this because right. we're, we're doing Harbor Freight right now. I just did mounts. I just did Aero Croil. Right. You know, these are all the stuff that you should. But, yeah, good penetrating oil and a decent torch because mm. if penetrating oil won't shift it and the busted fork leg won't shift it and the pneumatic impact wrench won't shift it, well, i tell you what will. Like handheld propane? Or what are you thinking? You know, propane. Yeah, well, get, map. Yeah, propane propane will get you get you down a long way. If you can get a proper dedicated heavy duty torch that so you can actually get some heat into it. I'm lucky I've got an old oxyacetylene setup at home. I have one in the garage that Zach left. Right. Somebody take it please. And it's perfect. Mm. Can I fit it on the ST thirteen? You know <laughs> um, probably oxyacetylene welding, if you're skilled at it, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. I'm not. I'm a thug. I like MIG welding. But for heating up stuff and actually getting stuff glowing red hot, you really can't beat it. Are you going to bring your um, big welder next weekend? Maybe. I think uh, Bagel's over there just in some frame welding, and yeah. I could really use my engine guard to be fixed. Yeah, I found a few um, cracks here and there. Am I, I'm actually running the garage. You're running the garage oh, I'll, dri- I'll drive the pickup with my big so, welder in it. So, Jim, I did think of a couple yes. things that I think you do need to put on your must-have list. If you don't already have um, the impact, get a tap and die set. Yes. yes. Oh, yeah. You're going to need that. And also uh, some sort drill of press. easy, uh, some sort of well drill press, some sort of easy out system. Oh mm-hmm. no, no, no! Hold on! No! Hold! Yes! Do not stop! Ever, stop! Emma, ever use an easy out on no, a bike? Emma. Do not ever use Emma. an easy out on a bike? Emma! Ever? Hold on! Simmer down. There's a lot of different types. 
do. But you need to have, have something. Ones that Craig was getting rid of. You, I got those. Yeah, so you got to have that. And then the other thing that here's where you do not go cheap on as much as you can spend, get a good set of drill bits. Mm. This Actually, is where you spend so money. So at Harbor Freight, I dropped, they were on sale for like 30 bucks. Right. That's so not the set you want. I understand, no. but I'm not also not going to drop whatever. I thought that was a good little in-between Harbor. Yeah. It, it'll get you down the road because it'll, in terms of actually understanding what sizes you need, but generally for a good set of drill bits, you need to drop about 100 bucks. Yeah. It, yeah, there's exactly. one thing That's you're overlooking here for a backyard it, garage, it, Jim. And if you want to go really good, here's and what Emma wants me to say. Instead of getting easy outs, um, you want to get some reverse drill bits. I don't like, you know, yeah. I don't like anything like mm-hmm. that. So what's, and the reason, what's your method? And the, I'll tell you why. Many years ago, I had to work in a machine shop, and half the stuff we did in the machine shop was spark eroding, broken off, easy outs, and reverse drill bits. <clears throat> and if you bring me a cylinder head <laughs> with a broken off easy out mm-hmm. in it, and I've got a spark eroded out... I'm going to charge you 200 bucks per hole. Wow. Because nobody else is doing it. And it's probably even more now. No, Try and find a shop Emma, that will spark a road easy stuff out. Out, Easy outs break. I've never seen a reverse drill bit break. If I, you're getting good quality reverse drill bits, what happens is in the process of drilling, oftentimes it will loosen the Well, you know, that, and that's true, to be honest with you, when you drill them out. Um, right. Because just the heat breaks them loose. But that, that's big. That's so, big money and they're hard to find. But if let's say I've got the classic, you know, I've got the classic. It's a it's an aluminum head, an aluminium head, with a bolt broken off flush in it. Um, <coughs> the method I've always used: you grind it off flat, so you've got a completely flat surface you're working with. Center punch the middle, and that's the most vital step. So now you've got the middle of the bolt, and you start off with a tiny, tiny drill. And you send a pilot drill all the way through the middle. And now you can actually look and make sure your pilot hole is right in the middle of that bolt. If it's not, now you've got some head scratching to do. But theoretically, if you center popped it in the center, that's it. And then you just get progressively larger. And you get to the stage where you drill it out so large, the only thing that's left in it are the very tips of the thread. And they just crumble out. And... Yeah, I would say probably half of the time I've done this, I've got a perfectly preserved threaded hole. The other half, I just have to run a, a tap down it. And then if it's really messed up and the thread's screwed up, just go a little bit larger, put a helicoil in it, you're down the road. Helicoils actually work really well on aluminum heads anyway because they spread the load. Mm. You know, there are some manufacturers who, who actually just use helicoils from brand new mm. because of that reason. A helicoil spreads the load over the whole whole bolt. So, so um, time, time, no shortcuts. It's a pain in it. Nobody likes drilling out bolts, but, you know, you just got to do it. So we've got we've got we got a lot of emails, but can I mention one more thing for Jim's garage? Okay, go ahead. It's a not obvious thing. My buddy Patrick up in Alameda, you need a place like a fence to piss on. (laughs) (laughs) And here's why. Okay, you got your buddies, you got the garage, you got the beer fridge. I thought it was a lemon tree to piss on. 
That works. Well, that's Cherry even tree. better. That's even better. Or a lemon Cherry tree offense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but both. you don't want your buddy. Bert Monroe, anyone? Bert Monroe? Yeah, you know, you're, yeah, exactly. But it's 11 o'clock at night. You're out having beers in the garage, talking bikes and looking at stuff and getting your hands dirty. And you don't want people tromping through the house and waking up the kids, right? Or your significant other, whatever. Or getting so your you, bathroom dirty. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's the ulterior motive, right? So it's like you got to have a fence to piss on. And I just put, I got, a, just I got, put a bucket out there for me, yeah. Jim. <laughs> a bucket will do. A couple paper towels. And a there. target, a target on it too. And you don't have where to piss. You don't have uh, running water in there for a sink, do you? No, I don't. Ah, oh, bummer. Oh well. No, that's, that's another right. idea too for a garage. Parts cleaner too. Well, yeah. I, you know, as much as we love to just talk about bikes, there's someone else who loves to talk about bikes. Who's that? In? That is our friends at City Bike, and they've yeah. got a new City Bike minute for us, so we'll hear it right here. Editor Serge here with the latest goings-on at citybike.com and the City Bike Minute. We're still coming to terms with the powers that be taking more than two years from the signing of AB 51, California's lane-splitting law, to release what amounts to barely more than general motorcycle safety tips. Check out the somewhat disappointing replacement for the original lane-splitting guidelines at citybike.com or lanesplittingislegal.com. We just returned from Honda's press launch for the new Monkey Mini Bike. It'd be hard to imagine a cooler place for this than Catalina Island, and we were there. In other news, Fish has started his dirtbag build using a most unlikely power plant, and we've got fresh reviews of gear from Shoei and RKA, as well as another first ride on a not-quite-so-mini bike, SSR's Buccaneer 250. Get your grimy hands on all this and more at citybike.com. Uh, they are those guys are doing really cool stuff, and I just want to remind people that well, fa la la, that at you know City Bike since they're no longer a print magazine, they're doing everything online, which is really cool because now anyone can access it and um, from know, anywhere. Yeah, yeah, and you can get a taste uh, another get taste a, of get the a, Bay Area. I was going to say get a taste of the Bay Area mm-hmm. culture because exactly. we are we're pretty cool up here. So yeah, thanks um, a lot for that, uh, Serge. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, thanks for getting that to us. We've got a lot of emails to read, and there's some good questions in here. So I wanted to read some of these. And funny, funny enough, since our guest tonight was from Atlanta, so is this one. This is from our friend Davis. Um, Hello, Davis. So, uh, oh, sorry. Da- well, I think his name is David, but he typoed his last name at the end. I mean, his name at the end. So, David. No, he, he could be Davis. So he Dave. says, we'll oh, Dave. hey. David, he's a college senior from Atlanta, GA. Uh, let's see. Go Yellow Jackets. That's Georgia Tech. That's right. Rambling wreck in Georgia Tech. That's no, right. I think I think he's a sweet Georgia peach, darling. No, the, <laughs> the dogs are in Athens. <laughs> the jackets are in Atlanta. I love listening to the podcast while I commute to campus. It's only 10 to 15 minute trip, which means I usually finish up a podcast in just time for the next one, which is perfect. So thanks for putting them out regu- regularly. Mm-hmm. I'm currently in the process of planning a cross-country trip for next summer on my... 1978 Honda CB750. Yes. Yeah. So exciting. Yep. Yeah. That's, yeah. Um, that's an F2. Yeah. That's a very good bike. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's also, so a, a, it's also a cami it's to It's a David. DOHC. He says he's taking... No, it's not. Yeah, 78. No, it's not. It's a, it's, oh. the, it's an F2. It's the last of the single overhead cams. 78. 78. No. Yes. No. Don't you ever question me on single uh-oh. overhead cams. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Someone get the Google. All right. Um... <laughs> 
He says he's taken a few shorter camping trips uh, already to prepare uh, for the route. Right. Um, but he has one issue he's having trouble figuring out. He says, my girlfriend of several years who does not ride currently but has plans to take the MSF course and get a bike of her own would like oh, to join me for a part of the ride from okay. L.A. to Seattle. So that's, okay. that's a good part of the that ride. Pretty much the ride. He says, I'm down for that, but I'm not sure how to go about getting a bike for her or for a one-way trip most rental places seem like they rent out bigger bikes harleys and adv bikes that probably won't be best for her as a newer rider twisted road can you recommend any rental services you, you, you know of yeah twisted road so <clears throat> if you're going uh one way twisted road no no I mean, if you're going, I you mean, gotta return the bike pretty much everything you know, um what yeah. about um oh there's that pretty much everything you have to return eagle rider the good eagle thing rider. is the good Maybe. thing is here in well in the Bay Area, we have a lot of places. He's going from L.A. I assume they do. But, yeah, first off, TwistedRoad.com is great because you can find all sorts of bikes. And then it's just a matter of what kind of bike do you want. Hey, shall I tell you what I do? But we also have a lot of rental places here in California. No, I've got the perfect solution. What's that? You go to Seattle. You rent a Twisted Road bike in Seattle. So it's L.A. to Seattle. Yes. Oh, 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 oh. Well, right, okay. you jump on the train. You put the bike in the uh, in the freight car. You ride on the train down to the bike, uh, with the bike down to LA. Get off at Union Station. You go back to Seattle. There's, there's I mean, I understand her associated with all of this. So, like, a hundred dollars a day, ninety five yeah. bucks a day. Um, Maybe cheaper rental, for her to buy her own. Bike. Rental can be expensive. Uh, a lot yeah. of the places are about two hundred bucks a day. That's yeah. why I'm saying, you know, but a train on ticket, Twisted Road, you can get them for about a right. hundred dollars a day. So, That's what about great outside the box thinking, Emma? I thought that was a brilliant idea. Well, I never know, would have thought I mean, of that. I mean, I don't you know how it fits. I thought it was great. I don't know how it fits in with his schedule, but we're checking out. I don't think it's the cost. The the thing I got from that letter, it's the size of the bike. Where am I going to rent a 500cc bike? Well, the CB500X is a great bike to rent. Perfect. But um, maybe it might be a good idea to two up on that trip. If she's still that new riding and you want to do some of the really twisty roads in this area, they're not beginner friendly. Unless you want to do I-5. I think I think well, they're going to do the coast. Yeah. Which oh, is, yeah. A, is a great thing to share. Um, Coastal one's great. And he says, by the way, my up-the-butt bike is... is Africa Twin Adventure Sport. Oh boy, shit is nice. <laughs> That'd be a fun Thanks, trip. David. One thing to David though, if he would like to uh, talk to some people who do actual cross country trips, to check out my Facebook group, Minimalist Motorcycle Vagabonds. I've got people on old as ball bikes and new as ball bikes. Minimalist. Mm, that is hard to say. Tra la la. I know I, it's a mouthful. It's I know. designing products for it's a, a bitch, but it's a great group. There's people riding all kinds of bikes in there. There's good great advice. information. And David, darling, send us a picture of your Honda. Yeah, yeah. So we can yeah, count, yeah. I count, can't believe, count the cams. I mean, um, uh, let's put it this way. She can rent just about anything because it will probably make okay, it when the CB750. Before, before this trip goes, make sure she gets a lot of saddle time. Just oh, yeah. For the sit, you know, it's important. Good camping gear, too. Because it's it's just more than just operating machinery. It's you're navigating through shitty California roads and shitty California drivers. Yeah. Well, you know, and the, the, the thing is... Saddle's it's, worse. It's, it's very, very taxing for a newer rider yeah. because your senses are being assaulted, you're concentrating, you're doing this. What You can be worn out after three or four hours. Yeah, don't you're plan just, too, many, too many miles or too many hours per day either. Right. There's mental yeah. stamina aspect of it that you kind of have to You have to build up on. for it. You can't just and get on there and do an iron butt your first day ride. I'm going to say, if you can find a bike, I think an F650 would be a great bike. Oh, yeah, that'd be a great bike. would be a great bike for her. Wait, um, a tall-ass bike? For it's some, not that tall. 
It's not that no, tall. Well, we don't even know how tall this person is. Yeah, but that bike is not that tall. Yeah, but she can, a good she, solid bike. she can wear platforms. Yeah. Uh. So, Scott, do you have an email there to read? I do. I've got an email from Joel. Hey, Joel. So, hey, Joel. what's next? Hey, Joel. Says, hey, Moto Misfits, I love the podcast. I've only been listening for a few months, but I've started catching up on some of the golden oldies. Ooh, <laughs> the golden shower of oldies, man. No. That's back when Nock was sober. Not no more. Strangely, he slurred his words then, too. That's right. <laughs> I had a stroke when I was young. You'll never know if that's like. true or not. <laughs> So he says, my situation is this. I'm going to need a new-to-me bike soon, and there are too many options to choose from. I currently ride an 06 Kawasaki Z750S. Okay. Yeah. It's got okay. 92,000 miles Ooh, on nice. it. Nice. And runs great. I'll keep right. on maintaining it as long as it's reasonable. But if and when it needs yes. too much money, I'm going to let it go. Mm. There comes a time. That's going to hurt. Yeah. My commute is 30 miles each way from SF to Redwood City. Oh, he's local. Okay, he cool. is local. Uh, via 280 and okay. weekend rides in uh, the mountains. Good for him. Mm-hmm. All right. Last That's year. That's the perfect length commute. That really is for a bike. It's, it's nice. Yeah. 30 miles and then and we doing can... the 101 on anything other than a bike in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fuck that. Yeah. So it says last year I brought, uh, bought an 06 KLR. Just like you, Liza. Okay. And it was a decent bike, but not for me. Oh, right. So sorry. Too tall and too heavy, and riding two up with my wife was enjoyable as long as we didn't stop anywhere. I know I could have changed the springs and lowered the shocks. It was just a summer fling. Hmm. Oh. <laughs> no love. So I'm just going to throw out the Versus. No, it's okay. not. It's not. It's not going to have enough power for him what? unless he gets a Versus. He's, he's got a couple but ideas it's so much here. lighter. Than what he's used to. What about? I the, think he'll really like it. Yeah, it's got two and, and, Let me tell you what else he's looking at. Two actually. Two cylinders, though. Hold on, hold on. Z, you're gonna like this one. Okay. Z, I think. He says, "What I plan to do is buy something used until Yamaha decides to bring the Tracer 700 FJ07 stateside." Right. Yeah. Someone was up in Berkeley. Yep. Nice, nice looking bike. Mm-hmm. I've been tossing around DR650 CB500X, mm. the SV650S, cool bike. Does it good? Versus 650. There it is. And the uh, 300 Duke 390 or tons of other ideas. Anyways, what single or twin do you suggest? Oh, so he's going small oh, for okay. under four thousand dollars. Thanks. Yeah, oh. I mean versus an SV650 or two of your big C-Bear ones. CB 500. Yeah, yeah. CB. You know, the, uh, it's a bulletproof engine. The underappreciated. That is uh, true, Z, but I don't think he's going to find one for under three and a half grand. I paid thirty eight hundred for mine with three thousand miles on it. Yeah, they're they're out there, but yours is the anomaly rather than yeah. the normal. I mean, sometimes. You can, sometimes. What about a Wistrom? This is the six fifty Wistrom's a good bike. That one. Mm-hmm. We know some that's overlooked, and I'm going to get my, my back soon as the FC six. Right. You, know, you can pick those for mm-hmm. up for a little over two mm-hmm. grand, and, and they're uh, right. And they rip. I mean, they're high revving inline four. In fact, you may have one for sale soon. You know, I may have oh. one for sale soon. But like, I got with 40, luggage. Yeah. Yeah. I think with luggage, that's a thing. Joel, I think you are the perfect poster child for trying Twisted Road. Trial these things out because, mm. just my mm-hmm. opinion, mm-hmm. if you've been tooling around on a Z750. If you go down to a twin, you're going to be looking for power. You you and need a test ride somewhere. So test you ride you enjoy somewhere it. that you can actually enjoy it because yeah. really, I mean, the Z750 is not a fast bike, but it is not a slow bike. And once you get used to four cylinder power, it's kind of hard to go back. Emma, I'm going to throw a wild card in a Bonneville. Yeah, Bonneville would be a good bike. Yeah. 
A Triumph Bonneville. Will that be under four grand? Yeah, you can get it just. You can just really squeak them in. Cool Keep looking out for a while. The, uh, it sounds like he has time to watch. Tires. Yeah. I've a bought, commute bike. I've actually, sure. in the last year, I've bought, uh, uh, yeah, I've bought two Triumph Bonnevilles, both for under four. There you go. That, that's my wild card. What about a dual sport? Why not a DRZ 400? Just throw that out there. Um, with like 90, 30 miles? With on the freeway? Mm. All I'm freeway traffic solid enough on the freeway, right. I think. KLR 650. Shall I tell you what I was going to suggest before he threw in that? I was going to say a Z-Rex. Z-Rex. Yeah. Z-Rex 1200. That'd be Lovely good bike. But they're getting so culty now. They're expensive. They are. Hey, Z. Do you got an email to read? Fuck no, I don't. <laughs> Why do you give me these emails, man? Because it's all your fault. It's your fault. You don't want it to talk about it. Can we what? not talk about religion or politics or something? Those are really <laughs> Like something. All right, so I've got... So what's the title of this email? Oh, I fucking hate you guys. <laughs> You're just going to keep getting them. That's just how it works. Why do though, I keep going know? here? All right, so another fucking helmet email. <laughs> That's what it's called. That is what it's called. Luckily, he's actually a very well-written and very respectful opinion on these things. I'm going to start out. His name is Harrison. He's from Indiana. So Hello, hey, Harrison. 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 Um, I cannot summarize your email. can't read the whole thing full, but I'm going to read a select part of it. We'll go back a little bit on Harrison. He's been writing for three years. This is his first email to you guys. He started out on 2005 Yamaha TW200. That's a fun one. He says it wasn't quite small enough for him, so he picked up a 06 Buell XB12SCG. Is that a Ulysses? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's a Ulysses. Yeah. Or a Thunderbolt. He loves it. Yeah, they're great bikes. Um... He's been neglecting his old bike. He's planning to do a minimalist urban scrambler build in the future. He likes all of them. He doesn't really have an up-the-butt bike, but he does want to hone a CB400F one day. Yeah, mm. that's a, that's a, gr- a little jewel. And he's hoping to make it out to Vintage Days next year to hang out with you guys. Oh, cool. Sweet. He said, no. But his, uh, I'm going to have to read this verbatim. So he says, uh, he believes... He holds the American Idol that everyone is born with the intrinsic right to do whatever they want with their mind, body, and property so long as they don't infringe on someone else's rights. My bodily anatomy means nobody else should tell me to wear a helmet, right? Well, sort of. Inner public infrastructure. The people, by proxy of the government, have decided to pull resources to build the road system because everyone kicks in on building and maintaining the roads. Everyone owns them. Because everyone owns them, everyone gets a say in how they get used. All this to say, if you accept public infrastructure as a legitimate function of government, you should also accept that the government gets a say in what you do while using that infrastructure. The people paid for the road. The people can tell you to wear a helmet on the road. If you're riding on private property, bear that fragile mug all you want. Which is a very interesting opinion uh, in my all of my hearing about opinions yeah, on helmets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. So thank you for writing in. Uh, everyone already knows my stance on this. So I'm sorry for those who don't remember. What is it? <laughs> yeah, what is that stance? Fuck. Uh, I need a beer. Uh, so I believe that I have the right to do with myself whatever I want so long as I don't infringe on anyone else. And everyone else can do whatever the fuck they want so long as they don't infringe on me. And uh, yes, I contribute to those roads. I pay for those roads. And I don't think the American people know what's best for me. Otherwise, I would probably. I'm from Oklahoma. I'd be a Baptist going to church <laughs> and wearing pearls and old people or perfume right now. 
That's a good point. Oh, no, this is how I was raised. It was horrible. My great-grandma, she made me cry every Sunday that I had to see her. She put me in a dress. Oh, oh. no. No, I cried. Seriously, oh, no. don't put me in a dress. Oh, nasty business. Oh, dude, and stockings and these horrible little shoes. I was like seven, and I cried so much. Um, oh, And man. don't forget, so you think you're going to be staying through the winter here in the Bay Area? Uh, if you know me very well, my mind changes from one direction to another <laughs> daily. If you're thinking of staying, you know that this is our rainy season coming up. And if you want to just borrow temporarily for the rain a full face helmet, I'm glad to give you one. Nah, I like to go blind. Okay. <laughs> All right, just trying. I have, I, have, I have glasses. All right, bagel. Yes. What you got there? Bagel. I have an email. Yeah. Who's it That's from? Who's it, who's it from, Bagel? This is an email from Gavin Ford. Hello, Hi, Gavin. Gavin. And he Mr. says, himself. Hi, Misfits. Gavin here from sunny Bolton, Northwest UK. Oh, very good. Oh. Is, is it really sunny there? Is very it, sunny, I'm it? sure. <laughs> he says, I was listening to Podcast 275 from the other week when you were talking about having an accident and not going to the hospital. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I was. That, rec- that doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> well, he says, yeah, that's like every I, week. <laughs> I was recently in an accident myself, coming home from a very wet and fun bike rally in uh, Beulah Wells, Wales. Uh, oh, Beulah Wells, look you! Yes, yes. What I, shire is that? <laughs> well, it's in bloody Wales, look you! <laughs> well, I, I managed <laughs> fucking sheep shagger. I managed a whole twenty-three miles out of my one hundred and fifty-mile ride home when on an S bend on the mounting road I clipped my arm on the wing mirror of an oncoming car turning my bike into the rear quarter panel throwing throwing me into Mm. oncoming traffic as the bike slid down my lane luckily I wasn't hit by another car but still did damage to myself breaking ribs and my foot uh, I wonder how his sucked, head man. was. The the ambulance crew said they didn't think I needed to go to a hospital unless I wanted to. High on adrenaline and a little embarrassed, I just wanted to get home. A week later, and I am still in lots of pain, so my sister forced me to go to the doctor's, where I was told I had a punched lung, <laughs> broken ribs, and foot. And so on, on the worst part of that was being told off like a little kid by a very angry doctor. <laughs> And then from my family. Bloody idiot. <laughs> so in summary, what I'm saying is always go to the hospital just to make sure yeah. and always wear full gear. Luckily, I was, or I would probably probably would have lost my leg or my I've lost my big toe instead of breaking it. Yeah. Uh, I am still facing... Well, Mike knows all about that. <laughs> yeah, just one toe. Pussy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still facing legal crap surrounding this incident, and not being able to work has killed my bank account. But I still yeah. can't wait to get back on my bike as soon as possible. Hope you're all well, and remember keep the rubber side down. Now, look here, Gavin, my dear chap. It's, it, this is all very well, and it, it's a perfect argument, but here in America land, going to the hospital can bankrupt you and the next ten generation of your children. Our healthcare system is so screwed because no one can afford it. Right, yeah. exactly. And I hate to bring the whole cost thing into it, but... It's a factor. It, it, it really is a factor. It's a factor for all when, of us. When, when an ambulance ride could cost you, what, $5,000? Oh, and the rest. Yeah. And, and the rest. Yeah. I mean, that's if you don't have insurance, that is that, and, and that, that will stick with you. You know, one of the the, the, the crown jewels of the, of the UK, and 
it, I mean, it's very sick right now, if you'll excuse the pun, but we really need to save it as much as we can is the NHS. Mm -hmm. And the thing you'll find in an English hospital is everything you need to keep you alive. And then I know they're not perfect. But in a case like that, if you have an accident, you'll get patched up. And the one thing you will not find is somewhere to pay the bill. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it's I, was, so I got in wreck in 2015. Uh, yeah, 2015. I flew forward, stood up. My leg was bleeding. I got 17 stitches in my right knee, and I had a cracked rib. Mm. I was ambulanced in. I sat in the trauma two room for four hours mm. then i uh, had to be anesthesized and had my knee surgically cleaned out the surgery cost i think it was four grand mm. it cost sixty thousand dollars for me to sit in that trauma trauma oh two room God. for four hours wow the ambulance mm. ride cost uh, i think 15 or two thousand luckily it was all covered by the guy that hit me in my insurance joy when but when moyne was here he uh, was dirt biking and broke his wrist and he didn't go to the hospital here. He waited till he got back to Pakistan because oh, I think his bill was like seven dollars or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, dude, even in South America, I know someone who got bit by dogs down there and got had to go to the rabies to get rabies yeah. shots. They oh, didn't. Wow. They didn't even ask for money. Wow. But I'm glad to hear another email where people are wearing their gear. I love right. hearing these where they survived. And I'm not looking at you at this time, uh, Z. I'm not. I'm waiting. Um, I'm here waiting for it. I'm waiting um, for it. Uh, <laughs> But hey. no, 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 I mean, thank you, Gavin. I mean, wouldn't yeah. it be nice if money wasn't a factor? It'd be nice if we could take our health as more important than the debt we're going to get in for. Mm. If we're getting right. Yeah, down. true, Dan. Right. All right, Miss Emma. Hello, darling. Um, yes, With I, a very nice picture attached. It's got a fabulous mm, picture. Yeah. And this email is from Nicholas. Vizades. Hey, Nicholas. Or Vizades. Hey, Misfits, big fan of what you guys do for the biker community. Um, you know, it's it's not... You want to know what Knock does for the biker community? Whole lot of nothing. Yeah, HJ in the back alley. That's right. That's yeah. actually... That is the prime service that I do. Oh, very good. Um, anyway, prime. He's, got a, he's got a bit of a downer for us all. Um, I've been riding since I was 15 and managed to squeeze together the cash from my summer jobs to buy a 1966 Vespa Super. Are you uh -huh. paying attention, Bagel? Well, I'm not very impressed. No. Um, I'm now 21 and I've ridden for probably 50,000 trouble-free miles until two weeks ago. Oh, wow. dear, this is going to end badly. That's actually a pretty good number. Yeah. One day before I was supposed to leave home for college for the first time, I crashed my BSA, my 1964 Ooh. BSA rocket. Oh, poor oh. fellow. I have no memory of the crash oh. or the ride leading up to it, From but from what we know, it seems that I was simply going too fast mm. and lost it on a bend um, yeah. on a road near my house that he'd probably ridden a thousand times. Yeah. See, that is the curse of British bikes, and we're going to come to this in a little mm. while. Um, in the accident, I whacked my head so hard, I'm still seeing double dis despite my helmet. The bike landed on me and sat on me for some time, giving me fourth-degree burns oh. on my leg, oh. which I didn't even know they had. Wow. I was geared up pretty well with full leather and a built-well gringo on my head. I know that's not the best, he says, but I know at least it's it's a full face. At least I you will, look cool doing it. I will likely make a full discover, a recovery in the next two months or so, and will probably even be able to fix up the BSA that got me into this mess. Oh, good. But I'm not sure I should keep riding. Um, mm. I figured you'd understand what I'm talking about more than most of my friends who aren't really into bikes. I love motorcycling. I love my BSA. 
and how it makes me feel like the freest person alive. I agree with that. But I also don't want to die. Um, my brain injury needs a w another whack like this would kill me or worse. Lock me in my body and able to move for the rest of my life. Oh, God, this is so bleak. Mm. Um, the doctors don't want me on a bicycle. I'm definitely off vintage bikes with their brakes of wood and shocks and melted down body pins. Um, but I'm also seriously considering quitting bikes altogether. I know you're all just as twisted and motosexual as me. And maybe that's why I'm emailing you in the hope that you'll give me some argument to defend myself against my doctors and parents but any advice welcome um with my best wishes nick p.s god oh he's got such good taste in bikes this guy um my favorite looking bike yeah by a long stretch um my up the butt bike is a royal enfield interceptor 750 uh, yeah. can i start this one um, no i'm not done yet <laughs> okay. whoa nelly i might die for the chance to ride that also i attached a picture of wow. my bsa before the accident to preserve my pride for you specifically miss emma's viewing pleasure oh. it's a great looking bike um and it's a 1964 bsa a65 i, I, I want to hear what z has to say so I have people that come in my group mm -hmm. often saying that I wrecked, almost died, had a near-death experience, and I think the best thing that I can ever tell anyone that's had that is um, if you're going to be too scared to ride, you're not going to enjoy it, but try it out for a while. If you can't overcome your fear and get comfortable again, then maybe you need to wait a few years. Don't push yourself and don't be scared to do what you love. I, I, um, I Can I expand on that? Because I sure. think that Nick's answered his question before he even sent us that letter. Because the doctors have said, you aren't riding again. His parents have said, you aren't riding again. And he's not happy with that, which is why he's riding to us. Which means he wants to ride again. Right. I'm Much as it breaks my heart, Nick, I'm with you on the vintage british bike thing if you've never ridden a vintage british bike there's nothing that can prepare you for how terrifying the brakes are yeah. <laughs> there's, there's nothing they these things literally have no brakes mm. so if you were to change to a uh a, you know modern bike. well we'll come no. to that but just curious let's take his let's take his bsa 64 bsa rocket has got a solid 50 horsepower that doesn't sound so much, but it's a stout 50 horsepower. It's not a slow bike. Mm -hmm. But it's got no brakes at all. Mm -hmm. It's got no suspension at all. Hmm. This is how these bikes were. Well, th this isn't meant to be ridden too fast. Right, exactly. So my suggestion is think carefully, Nick. We, we're going to get into some really existential conversations about life and living and what's worth living and going to church in a wait are we gonna do that all tonight because we don't have that much skirt nylons and horrible shoes <laughs> it's like yeah if you have another brain injury it could be traumatic for you but what kind of life do you want to live up to that point i can sit here and quality over quantity right and I can sit here and actually say hand on heart, if you were to take motorcycles out of my life, 
it would end. It 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 really would be the end of my life because you, I just I'm so embedded well, in, in guys, this I, love and this culture. I want to hear things. from the most qualified person in the room. The right crashed now. one, yeah, my the one dad. who lost body parts. Yeah, as the resident so, crashed. And, and, and here's my question for you, because I talking to Joe earlier, where he, you know, his mindset changed, and I'm curious. Do you think um, that your mindset has changed? Are you going to ride differently now because of that? Um, well, I'm actually really glad that you asked me. Uh, this is something I've thought about a lot, and I've got mm-hmm. questions from my friends that ride. And I have to say, taking the mechanical part out of it, because I've, I've done cars in the past, and they're restorations, but I also modify them. So I upgrade the brakes. I right. put in better, more reliable components, things that make it not such a white-knuckle ride. Right. And the thing that I'm going to say, though, is the education piece. So I haven't taken the MSF course. Right. Uh, and my friend Scott here that brought me down, I've learned more riding with him in the last week or two than I have over years. Well, Scott's an extremely accomplished rider. Oh, so he's tremendous. He's an instructor. Yeah. 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 And I get his education for free. Nice. Uh, but He's I have to say that friends? is that you know, where we're buddies. <laughs> yeah. Well, not to mention you can afford that lift that they were talking about earlier. So, um, but no, I, I I do admit that I was scared. I was afraid when I first got back on the bike, and I was riding in a way that was more hesitant, and it was actually more dangerous. Right. Um, so I went from being overly aggressive to being timid. And right. Both both of which I think can get you killed. They're awful. I've, I've had two and a half accidents in the past year because of my riding style. Half? Well, I bounced off the K rails on the 101. I didn't go oh. down. Wow! But that was a hundred plus miles an hour. I was just hour. curious what a half was. Okay. That's the uh, took the skin off this thing. Oh. So, so yeah, I, I think I qualify on what not to do on a bike. I've uh, I've discovered a lot of ways to uh, to not stay rubber side down. But I think the education piece is where I think that you get the most bang. But for your Mike, buck. so but here you are. You've had a life changing wreck. And yeah, it's your foot, but you're not the complete Mike you were before the wreck. I mean, it's only a foot, but it's still part of you. Mm -hmm. You're back on a bike now. Yes. Do you have any regrets? Do I have any regrets? Uh, Honestly, no. There you are. I, 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 yeah. And, you know, I'm going to speculate, and I'm probably going to get an extremely angry letter from Nick's doctor or even his mom and dad, <laughs> but you want to be back on a bike, Nick. It's written Look. all over the page. And I'll tell you, I'll, I'm even going to tell you the fucking perfect bike for you, mate. Get an Enfield Bullet. Yeah, get get a too. younger Enfield Bullet. It's going to have decent brakes. It's going to have decent shocks. It's going to thump away underneath you. It's going to give you that visceral experience that the BSA had. And it's going to be slow. Um, and just stay safe out there. You know, and enjoy it as a. I know, even though it's not technically a vintage bike, enjoy it as a vintage bike. Just enjoy it as a bike. Yeah. Enjoy it that you can still do something that, by all rights, you shouldn't be doing. I'm just going to say this: that motorcycling probably isn't for everybody. And so, if you're actually facing yourself and you're having a conversation whether you want to ride again, it's okay to just opt out. You could always go back in. You know what I'm saying? I don't. I don't agree. I think if you I, have mm-hmm. if you have a monstrous accident at 21 years old, you, it's a hard sell going back in after 10 years. If he doesn't, well, if he's he, thing at 21, you're not even actually physically mature yet to make those decisions. Yes, he is. He's riding a fucking bit 64 BSA. 
Listen, if well, you're I riding, don't think so. If I mean, far developmentally a... speaking, as far as your 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 brain is is grown, dudes generally don't really get that until they're like but 27. The point I'm making is if you if you've chosen a 1964 BSA as your bike at 21. You know, you're pretty well, embedded in the culture. Well, no, the, it, it could also mean that he probably made the wrong decision to pick up as a first bike, a, unaware. Well, his first bike was a Vespa Super. Or, well, maybe he made Anyways, the wrong. We probably need to move on to the choice. next email. Hold on, no, no, I, hold on. I have a question for the group. That question is: are, Is everyone here aware of the risk you take every time you get on a bike? Yes, absolutely. Yes, sure. And is it worth it to you to ride to take that risk? Yes. 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 Those are the two questions you ask exactly. anybody at any time. It's that simple. I was and in that, stitches that in one risk riding. and uh, reward factor changes as you age. Right. Sometimes it's right. not worth it now. Maybe it is down the line. That's why I feel like you could always kind of go back. It may to not it. be worth right. it when you no, have knock. small children. You just ask that question. It's that knock. simple. I'm nearly sixty years old. It's never going to go away. Has my That's riding changed? Has my it's, riding right. changed over but the years? Sure. Yes, of course it has. We're and talking about individual that. people, though. We're not talking about right. this like overarching philosophy. But I don't. I life. don't. I don't buy in. I don't Emma, buy into Emma. it that the well, motorcycling opinion, suddenly man. goes away. Emma, maybe he may get the same thing from windsurfing well, as he does thing. from biking. I'm not saying, I'm not saying his just, passion will go away. Just, I'm saying he could still be in motorcycles and not ride motorcycles. You could still be in the culture without yeah. having ridden yes, a motorcycle. Exactly. And I don't take, think that's why he, why he was riding, though. But, but well, he can also that's take not a break. The impression well, he I needs, come back he needs he to be able to. to figure that out on his own, that you can do that. It's it's like it's not this exclusive thing where you have to like ride motorcycles to like motorcycles. No, I don't think so. You could like motorcycle racing and not ride a fucking. Hey, bike. why don't we all compromise and he can get a scooter? Royal Enfield, a bicycle with a well, with a bullet. motor he still on has it because there's a safe. Yeah. All right. Royal um, Enfield bullet. We've got room. We've got time for one more email. Who's got an email left? Oh, we can do this one. Uh, all right. Hey, this is from Pat Coleman. What's happening, Pat, from Leeds, Alabama? Hey, Misfits. Hey, recently, Pat. Recently discovered your podcast while looking for something to listen to while I'm doing 15 to 20 for armed robbery. Wait, oh. what? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler no, if you did. No, it was for murder. <laughs> nah, even though I've been uh, riding and wrenching mostly on Japanese bikes since 1970, I'm ashamed to say I just discovered JIS, JIS screwdrivers. Well, okay. And this is why I gave this email to you. And this is Pat. Japanese industry standard, correct? Yeah. Yes. Right. Look for um, the dot, darling. Right. It's all about the dot. I can't even guess how many fasteners I've destroyed using Phillips head screwdrivers <laughs> on the JS screws on Japanese bikes, especially carb float bowl screws. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you haven't Butter. used one, I suggest you give them a try. They're almost magic. Here's mm-hmm. a useful article. There's a link. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, be careful. Not everything listed as JIS on Amazon actually is. So, Emma. Mm-hmm. Hey, Emma. What do you make of that? Not everything listed on Amazon is Amazon as JIS is. Do you know the last thing I bought on Amazon? It was a game where you put on this cap, and the cap's kind of made out of Velcro, and then you can throw replica dog poops at other people's heads. <laughs> We're, it's why a haven't genuine you brought this, game. Why it's, haven't it's, you brought this over? Liza already bought it's, 20 of those. Yeah, it's, it's, I, think it's called, no, thinking, I think it's called... Why are we not playing it I'm right thinking now? she bought why plastic dog poop and a, and a helmet cover. Oh, and a rubber cat head. You've <laughs> seen my rubber, you've seen my right. life-size exactly rubber up, cat head. Yes. This, is, this is what right, Amazon's so, for. So, yeah, JIS, great tip. Everyone should have JIS. I replaced all my Philips screwdrivers. I used the Hosan brand h-o-z-a-n yeah. yes there you go. Mm-hmm. yeah yep 
Cool. So, but anyway, yeah, he's uh, pre- he lives over near uh, Barber Vintage, so he's getting uh, ready to go cool. to that. And anyway, peace out. So, right on, Patrick. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, yeah thanks, thanks for the dude. email, Patrick. N- knocked, is that an email to I, read? I do Wait, have an email. Let's finish that. <laughs> it's that an origami one now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, this it's one's called Orgasmic. Hello, yeah. Uh, from our friend Matthew, hello Misfits. I love you giving me the shortest email. Hello, I'll probably <laughs> fuck this up too. Is it Matthew or Mathieu? Mathieu Caran, if you're French. Uh-huh. <laughs> Matthew Caran. Uh, good day. I have questions, discussion, topic. Uh, wondering what was the best four wheeled companion rescue vehicle will be best for a motorcycle enthusiast? A small truck, an SUV, and a trailer? Uh, what do you guys drive other than your bikes? Uh, Curtain up the butt bike is a DRZ 400. Yes, I know my ass is cheap. Ask my wife. <laughs> well, where's he from? But reliable. And it's not say. Hmm. So well, is, is, we're depend. looking for a, it like a, a rescue vehicle? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What kind of, what would you have as Bike a rescue collar. vehicle if you had, you know, well, a it's got to be four-wheel drive. The, sure, I guess. Well, the perfect rescue vehicle for um, a motorcycles yeah. you can't even buy in the States, but Phil, van, huh? Phil knows what ah. they are. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a Toyota Hi-Ace, ah, yes. four-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. You can buy them anywhere except yeah. America. Um, I don't know what you drive out here. Well, well, my recommendation, uh, now I, I have a small truck, which unfortunately just died yesterday. Really? The Volkswagen? Aww. It did. I'm afraid it might be a head gasket. I don't know yet. Ooh, oh. nasty business. But it, it, it's a great little truck for hauling bikes because it's, it's small, it's yep. low to the right. ground, it's got nearly a six-foot bed. Yes. And so even a bike that's a little bit longer, you can put it on the tailgate and, and it'll haul it. It's a cool truck, um, too. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and uh, But the very similar truck is the uh, the older Toyota trucks. Yes. Like, just the, the two-wheel drive Toyotas. Um, yeah. They, cheap, cheap-ass little truck. That's yep. the answer. They are, they are great what for What about a panel bikes. van? Mm. I you like know, panel vans. You can carry a lot of tools back there. Yeah, yeah, and you can lock all your stuff away. You can sleep back there. You uh. know, there, there's something about what Bagel said, though, because Jake, her little pickup, you know, mm-hmm. I think we counted, we we picked up five crashed motorcycles. Oh, yeah. That, but, and I was thinking kind of off-road is why I was thinking four-wheel yeah. drive, but yeah. I'll tell you, the little Japanese pickups, because they're so easy but to But let me tell into. you something, because mm-hmm. I've got the same truck as Jake. I've got the B2300. Yeah. She's mm. got the 25. It's actually quite tall, the truck I had before, and I totaled it, um, was a great, and it was a little Mitsubishi Mighty Max, mm. and those things are super low, mm-hmm. and it it really was a factor. I mean, you know, the ramp to get in the back of a B twenty three hundred Ranger, they're quite a tall little truck, but a little stumpy, short Japanese pickup truck, and. I had gold wings in the back of that <laughs> Mighty Max. You just put them in at an angle, and they kind of hang out the back, and it looks scary as hell. But guess what? Any yeah. size bike. I've got a friend who's got an Isuzu pickup truck, over 200,000 miles on it, and that's where we put my ST1300 in when I brought it home. Perfect. Oh, wow. Easy. Perfect. Yeah. yeah, Douglas, Cat. Uh, everyone's got the little cheap little pickup trucks. It per- seems that's perfect. what, we, that's yeah, what we've Nissan got around trucks. here. So um, in wrapping... Um, Jim Locke and I are taking a road trip in a couple days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as Emma said, we won't be here next weekend because we are going to Las Vegas. Viva Las Vegas, baby. Ah, uh, yeah. So um, we're going. To, it's a, there's a couple events going on. You're um, going to the Celine Dion show, aren't you? <laughs> there's the, we're going for the AIM Expo, which is going to be a really cool industry right. uh, show. But it's also simultaneous with the Las Vegas Bike Fest. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there's Supercross is all happening. Perfect. So we're going to be getting it all. Fucking motorcycle origin I've got some homework for you, Liza. And don't you have a couple tickets, too? Well, we're getting there. I would like mm-hmm. you 
to distribute as many WRWR That's what they're cards. for. Yep, there you go. So, um, but our friend but, uh, Austin at TwistedRoad.com has given us two passes to the AIM Expo to give away. Oh, wow. And these are dealer passes, so they are good for Thursday through Sunday. So they're good for when only media dealers, uh, media can get in. Um, you know, when the public can't get in. So, um... I'm just going to say, first person who emails me, who says that they want them, we'll send them to you. Sweet. And you can actually go. And you actually can go, because yes. I did this on Facebook, and everyone responded, and nobody is in the area. I really want to go, but... <laughs> Thank you, Z. You were one of them. <laughs> well, I do really want to go. I, I just would have to figure out the expense, and then where yeah. I'd be staying while I'm there. It's expensive. Yeah. I'd have. Well, I do know there is a nice free campsite right outside Are of Las Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. Um, but if you are... It's next to the new... It's called the desert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, there's trees. I was hammock camping. If you there. can be <laughs> in Las Vegas uh, next weekend, what's it, 10th, 11th? I'm yeah. Yeah, something like something that. Like we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna 12, leave 13. here what, Wednesday night, um, roll in Thursday. And would like two passes, email us at recyclemotorcyclegarage at gmail.com. And in the title of the email, it says Dick Pick. Give me them tickets. Dick Pick. <laughs> Give me them tickets. <laughs> and a dick pic. That's all you gotta do. So, will we, nice. select, will we select the ones that are spelled incorrectly or most hilariously? Are we, are we gonna judge <laughs> them? No, first person. First person. Okay. No, I think so, the first person who sends the email all in capital letters with spell check disabled, you're gonna get the tickets. <laughs> and I will accept, give me them tickets or give me them tickets, either one. No, dead. But um, I wanted to thank Austin at Twisted Road for making those available tickets away hey i've got a question for austin um let us know did you get your v7 running well oh good question Mm. so yeah let me know austin and uh we're looking forward if anyone's going to be coming out to aim expo um send us a message we're going to be there with a lot of other podcasters um right and a bunch of our guests uh jocelyn snow is going to be there with clearwater lights austin will be there a long haul paul is going to be there oh cool uh so it's going to be a lot of fun (laughs) sweet very good so who's running the show while you're away um Bagel is in charge. Oh, Bagel. Yeah. Little old me. Yeah, yes. that's you. Hey, uh, does Britney wow. Spears have residency in the uh, Vegas? Not anymore, but the Shit. Backstreet Boys are there now. Uh, really? Well, you can They're see still those alive. <laughs> you can Eliza. catch those losers. Yeah, Liza, what musicals are you going to go see while you're there? Uh, Cirque du Soleil. Uh, okay. I might want to... <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. What's, what show know. is it called? Ka? Bad. Or is it just like, what is it? Michael Jackson. I think it's bad. Um, Hmm. Anyway, I think that's the news. So Emma's going to be running the show, and I have no idea what the podcast is going to be about because we won't be here. This will be great. It's going to be so sad. But there's a very good chance it will come out a day late because all the editors are going to be in Las Vegas. No, the show is going to be so perfect it's not going to require editing. Right, Bagel? We're We're just going to put it out unedited. It's just fart noises for 30 minutes. (laughs) It'll be just raw, unedited. Well, yeah, if Bosley's in the room, yes. Um, And I... I actually have a couple of um, giveaways myself next week. I don't want them to be confused with yours. Okay. Um, but I've got some tickets for the Long Beach show that mm. I can get away. Oh, wait, Which one is that? Wait, one? The, wait, 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 wait. What? Is that what? the Moto Beach Classic? No, yeah. the, or no. the IMS. Yeah, it's the IMS. Oh. So I've got three tickets for oh. the Long Beach show. All right, well, you guys can cover that. Yeah, and we'll for cover now. that next week. 
Um, I wanted cool. to thank uh, Scott and Mike for coming down. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah and man. Mike for showing us your stuff. Mikey Hoffman. I am so sorry that we cannot give you the nickname Stumpy because we already have somebody called Stumpy. But Kickstand works great. Kickstand's pretty awesome. And I think it was fitting since it wasn't your last nickname, Beer Can. Uh, you've heard of me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mention earlier that uh, this is my third motorcycle amputee friend. I wow. collected them. Wow. And, and we didn't talk about the upside of crashing. <laughs> Scott got a, a beautiful racing green Triumph for $900. That's how we met. <laughs> wow. Perfect. So uh, big thanks again to all of our Patreon subscribers. I've been spending a lot of the money buying some stuff, more equipment, Side more coaxing, tools, coaxing horse. and uh, some surprises <laughs> yet to be unveiled. And uh, thank you so much. It's letting us uh, do this trip Yo. to Vegas. All right. Um, and uh, just thank you, everyone, for emailing in. Remember, you can go to MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com. Find the links to everything there, our YouTube page, Instagram page. Jim is very busy on there. Yeah. And look uh, for us down there. He, we'll he say followed, hi. Look for us. He followed yeah. me on Facebook last time. Or not Facebook. He followed me on Instagram last time. It was great. How exciting. I felt warm and fuzzy inside. Gotta work on that brand, son. On that note, on I think we're brand. ready to get out of here. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is Liza. This is Mike. Scott. Bagel. Emma Darling. Z Traveler. The Royal Tug Job. <laughs> <laughs> I call knock my jester. Yeah. <laughs> and we're out of here. Cool. 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 cool.